No commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules. And at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome back to another edition of VOA, The Revival. And uh, it's classic been all of America tonight. It is. We just did the math before we went on the air. It's the 17th edition of the been all of America year in review with Greg Bishop. We've been doing this for 17 years. Uh, We started in 2007. This is insane. As I just said to Greg, pre-Obama, from the George W. Bush years. That's how long we were doing W. was president. Yeah. Crazy time capsules. I was going to say someone should go back and listen to them all, but someone did, and we'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) As I just remembered. uh, But anyway, so my guest tonight needs no introduction. He's he's been on the show, as you you know, dozens of times, not just uh, the year in review, but over the course of the program in specials and uh, regular interviews. Uh, so he's a longtime friend of the show. He's like a brother to me. He's a really good friend. We talk all the time on the phone. We just talked, actually, folks, like three days ago. It's it's Wednesday. We'll have nothing to talk about today. Yeah. It's, no, we actually kind of definitely no, avoided plenty. most of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're taping this on, uh, on Wednesday the 27th, so you're getting this like a week after we uh, chat here tonight. Hopefully nothing newsworthy happens in the next four days. Um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> anyway, it's the Year in Review Show with Greg Bishop. So, Greg, welcome back. Uh, I, I think you're like the only person, even though when I go with these sporadic, you know, when I through this period and not, you're still on the show because you had to keep going and doing these Year in Review shows. <laughs> so, yeah. you might, we might have the best sort of, uh, time capsule of how you've been in the last year, um, of any guest that's been on the show. But how have you been in the last yeah, year since we talked to you? I think okay. I actually had a good year, and everybody around me did not have a good year. Hmm. So it's really strange. I don't have. Yeah. I really don't have a lot to complain about at all. I mean, I try never to have anything to complain about because who wants to? Who wants a sad sack around? But it's nothing to complain about this year. I've actually been. I feel like myself again now. That's I good. Didn't for I didn't for four years after Sigrid passed away. Now, at this point, I feel like I can go forward and, and, and do stuff again. Because before, it just felt like this, you know, when you lose somebody, especially somebody close, like a wife, it feels like this weight on you. Yeah. It's like this huge weight. It's like almost like a physical weight that's just dragging around. And gradually, you just, it to, in just furtherance of living more, you just you decide not to drag that weight around or figure out a way where it's not a weight anymore. Yeah. Or you know, or the time, the time, the time heals the wounds. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's where that's I'm at. So I like uh, to answer your question in general. No, nothing bad to report. People around me. Yes. <laughs> I didn't ask him today. <laughs> well, you asked how how what the year was like. So yeah, nothing yeah. bad to report. Just just nice things. There you go. And cool yeah. things. And, you know, I met new people and 
went to these conferences, which was conferences, which we will talk about, and sort of re, re um, not reinvented, but reacquainted myself with UFO stuff. There you go. Nice. That's good because I've kind of dipped out of the scene mostly. I just follow what's going on these days. Um, yeah, and no, I get say, cynical. Yeah. Well, I'd say 2023. I, yeah, it was kind of a mixed bag year for me, so I I can't really. It wasn't like I think I remember last year we were both kind of like let's get the fuck out of this 2022 and I just yeah. kind of I just don't have I, I, I don't really dislike or like 2023 it was just like it was just there it was just kind of there and uh, you know it's uh, I'm ready to see what the new year brings I want to get this I want to get this chaos of the Trump thing over with now hopefully once and for all like uh, this uh, as soon as Christmas kind of passed even like last night or the other night I was just like all right well here we go. Let's see what's going <laughs> to fucking happen because, you know, this is the last Christmas before all shit, all fucking all hell breaks loose. So let's see yeah. what, let's see what fucking is going to happen. Um, I've been stressed about this for a while and it's just going to, now the stress is going to like, so I'm not looking forward to a stressful uh, 2024, but it is what it is. So we're all going to go through it together and we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully all make it through it together, whatever is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, we'll all go this together. Is, this when is we my go. 2012. This is my fucking 2012. This is uh, my Y2K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, a lot of people feel like something really horrible is going to happen really soon, which people always feel like that, but I just feel it more now. Yeah, yeah. It just things just feel really like, like so, something's going to change, and it's not going to be gradual. Yeah. Most change is not gradual. Anyway, well, we'll 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 put all that aside and uh, in a second yeah. as far as what's coming down the pike because we got to talk about what is behind us, um, and that is of course the year 2023 in the world of uh, of the high strangeness. And this year in review originally grew uh, began like as a UFO year in review, which back in 2007 for folks who aren't acquainted, that was I've ultimately realized we realized that it would be a very short show because nothing was really happening back then. Um, and like for real, if you go back to those shows, the, the, like just some of the, one of the smallest stories we have this year would be like the biggest story of the year back then. Like back then, the biggest story, like one year was like the UK Ministry of Defense released some UFO files. Like that was the fucking biggest UFO yeah. story of the year. It was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? that wouldn't have even made it. That wouldn't even get on the list. It may have happened this year. Like, like that won't even get on the list. There are I don't like, even follow this stuff closely enough to know if that happened. I get like the the big chunks. In fact, yeah. you follow it closer than I do because you have to. And even I, even others, even some shit slips through the cracks on me where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I it, it, it's just a crazy. This thing's gotten to be a cottage industry in and of itself. So it's like I gotta I gotta keep up with Bigfoot and everything else. I can't just I, you know. If, if I had the money, I'd tell Coast Coast, we need just a UFO beat writer who can cover this, just the UFO thing, because I can't keep up with <laughs> that hat and everything else. This has turned into a full-time, just the UFOs, just uh, an yeah. intense thing. So that's, we'll, we'll start there. Um, I have, as Greg may notice in the notes, I broke it down into, as we've pushed on the show kind of lately, I broke it down to like UAPs and UFOs. So we'll talk first about the year in UAPs. Uh which is the government aspect of all this, uh, the unidentified aerial phenomena. So I'll give everyone a sort of a super quick breakdown of what I thought of the year, just in the, the main points, the four pillars of the year. And then we'll kind of just, yeah. you know, I'll kick it to Greg on some of this stuff. So 
year started out, the Chinese balloons, they shot down the Chinese balloons. Personally, I thought this was like in February, but for those folks who were listening this way in the future, some mysterious balloons flew over the country. Uh, first one, like Chinese balloon flew over. Then there was a big like, what are you going to do about that balloon? So Biden shot it down after it was safe to shoot down. Of course, that wasn't good enough. You can't win anyway. Um, then, like, then, like, all of a sudden, it was like roaches. All of a sudden, it was like two, three, four more, like three more. <laughs> three mm-hmm. more came across, and they were like, now just shoot them the fuck down or whatever. The whole how they came down is still a matter of like, oh, where are they? It's, you know, it's all been shrouded in not really secrecy, but just kind of like, I think people kind of didn't give a fuck after a while because it's just like, yeah. Only real, only real diehards wanted to see like the debris of the balloon and show us the debris. It's like, eh, whatever. So they shot down the balloons. Personally, I was like, well, that's it. This is it for the, for this renaissance of UFOs because now they're going to be like, well, it's the Chinese balloons. We know what they are. End of story. And things seemed kind of quiet for a while. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, well, oh, Jesus, I'm really, it's embarrassing. I just call him, I call him just Grush. I don't fucking remember the guy's name now, the first name. David. David. My apologies. Well, that kills David any Grush. chance he's ever going to appear on Middle of America. But David, David, <laughs> David Grush, um, David Grush popped up on the scene. He's the, you know, if, you, if there was, for better or for worse, if there was a VOA year interview person of the year, we'd have to give it to David Grush. He was the most talked about guy. Uh, of the year. Essentially, yeah. he comes out. He used to work in the government. He was mixed up in the in the DOD UAP department. Um, he was told a bunch of things. He's coming forward saying that he's been told a bunch of stuff. Uh, very Bob Lazarian, very kind of, um, uh, who's the guy from um, way back in the day? The guy, they wrote the day after Roswell. Philip Corso. Philip Corso, yeah. Yeah, a little Phil Corso mixed in there, kind of like. I was told a bunch of stuff. He didn't have anything. He doesn't have anything that we've seen mm-hmm. that can prove any of the stuff he said. He said okay. a lot of crazy outlandish things, like about non-human entities. He's gone alien, folks. He's gone alien, which is always <laughs> good because we want the aliens. That's the whole point of this exercise. So he goes alien. Honk, uh, Tim Burchett and some of these other people in Congress, Representative Tim Burchett, they get all excited. They're, they become, they pick up UFOs as their thing. This has been going on for a while. It's been percolating. Now they're super UFO buffs. They hold a hearing. Greg, maybe can help me with this. Maybe not. I don't know. But the two other people, David Grush and two other uh, pilots, Navy pilots, Brian Graves, the other one. And, uh, and Dave Fravor. Dave Fravor. There you go. Thank you. What a team. What a team, folks. I'm doing this all off the top of my head. Greg can attest. I have very minimal notes. So, Fravor, Grush, and Ryan Graves testify before Congress. This is the hearing we've been waiting for, folks. This is the – they had two prior hearings. Those were the DOD explaining how they can't figure out what these things are. They need more data. They're probably balloons and other shit. So, Fravor and Graves, they come up. They share their fantastic accounts of UFO sightings while in the Air Force. Grush just does the whole routine where he's like, I can't. He alludes to stuff, but says he can't say what it is. Um, Says he can tell them, as we joked on the show, in the broom closet. That's really where it got left off. The top secret broom closet was where (laughs) he's going to tell them the secret stuff. And... 
Um, as far as I can tell, I think like nothing, it hasn't developed into anything substantial that has come to my attention. So, and I'm sure as far as I been, know, it hasn't either. Yeah, I'm sure these politicians have been asked about the secret broom closet, but for some reason it hasn't. I, I'm not understanding why that hasn't developed into anything. Um, yeah, they meanwhile, call it a skip, secure, a skip, compartmentalized yes. in, information facility, yes. which are actually specially built. They're boxes. Oh, yeah, they're like super high tech, yeah. I, I talked to a guy once. <clears throat> I had dinner with him, and he described to me designing those things and what they were used for. Nice, yeah. They're intact. Yeah, they're, they're just basically a locked box with some stuff in it and a camera, and you go in, and there's no way for you to steal anything take pictures of anything without being seen and you can't leave the place without because somebody's watching you the entire time and the stuff stays in the thing and there's no way to unless you walk yeah. in through a series of locks and all this to actually sit down and look at it and they're portable they're these portable super super top secret yeah so there's probably ones built into 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 uh the capital too i'm sure oh yeah they have to do it all the time the yeah, yeah yeah i bet you they had to put one in mar-a-lago um <laughs> No, for real. I bet you they did. Uh, yeah. Whether he whether he fucking used it or not, I that's up to you know. That's for the historians to figure out. When but he anyway. felt like it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so as this is all going on, so the DOD they're still looking into the UFOs. They're they're still working on it. The DOD, the head DOD guy, who all the people in ufology hate, Kirk Patrick, he stepped down in December. A new guy came on, so that's kind of in flux. Meanwhile, Congress was trying to get this legislation passed that would have like. Broke it open a whole bunch of UFO files, but then at the end of the day, it was um, undercut by some Republicans in Congress. And the Schumer now, Amendment, yeah. The Schumer Amendment, yes. And now that has passed, I think, a watered-down version, as they like to say on CNN. Okay. So, yeah, also, I think Kirkpatrick was the NASA guy. No, Kirkpatrick, I think, was the DOD guy. Sean oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember who the... Yeah, you're right. I don't have any yeah. idea who the NASA was. Oh, yeah. So, and also during this... NASA, who had commissioned a panel of like 15 or so scientific experts, um, released their findings, and the findings were essentially the same as what the DOD has been saying. The government's stance on this, for people who are trying to keep score at home, is that the 90% or something, we, sounds very similar to Project Blue Book, 90% or whatever are identifiable. They're dots, uh, they're fucking balloons, debris. Birds, what up, radar fuck ups, um, all the prosaic explanations you can think of. Um, there's a certain small percentage they can't figure out. Sometimes they do really weird shit. Um, and the government's take is that they need better data and better ways of ob observing this stuff. And NASA said almost part and parcel for the same conclusion. So, um, yeah. no aliens yet. That's the bottom line. No, and I don't think there's going to be. You want me well, to that's 2023. Yeah, well, that's 2023 in UFOs. Feel free to. I think I threw in plenty of editorializing on my end. So, um, yeah, we'll, be, we'll probably circle back. But, yeah, there's my take. Uh, that's my – not really my take, but there's the year for anyone listening. That's what went down. So fire away, Greg. Yeah, well, before we got on here, I said, okay, Tim, you came up with this list. You've got the data. So I guess I'm going to be the – I'll be the color commentator. Um, yeah, play-by-play. <laughs> play. There you go. Yep. Chinese balloons. Well, I saw that, thought it was exciting. Here, here's a new thing. Anything to do with espionage is really interesting to me. It's like, doesn't even have to do with UFOs. I'm just interested in it. And so I'm watching this and I'm thinking, like, why now? There's 
had to have been other balloons coming over. Right. right. And I find I find out later that they actually have changed some of the radars and and uh, at least that's the story. The radars and the software oh, so they can yeah, yeah, detect yeah. stuff like that. That's what um, they said. Yeah, yeah. But why do they need to tell us? Right. Why do they say anything? You know, they could have just like let the thing either shot it down over Nevada or something when it wasn't going to hit anybody or whatever. I mean, it got and grabbed it out of the air, whatever. Um, so they didn't do that. They announced it. I think there's like many reasons for that. One of them is probably to let the Chinese know, hey, we're seeing these things. Um, and that, you know, what message received, you're floating stuff over here and looking at our stuff. And then you think about it deeper. It's like, well, if the Chinese know we're going to catch them, if we catch something from them, what's on there? What what kind of apparatus do they have? Yeah, I bet it's something to make us think in a certain way, not something that is is their highest highest tech. It's something that's probably going to mess with you know the people that are analyzing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because the, the, every time you talk about anything espionage or intelligence related, it's it's not what it is. That yeah. not, has nothing to do with it. What it looks like on the surface is like 99% of the time, not what's going on. There's like 50 different levels of what's going on. So that's, you know, and, you know, and then it stopped after a while. They stopped talking was, about it. Yeah, it was only that little two-week lap. Yeah. So. And it, it, it was going on before we were told, and then uh, Trump tried to jump in and say, well, yeah, we saw him and we shot him down or whatever he said. I can't remember. No way to prove any of this. Um, and I'm sure it was going on before. It's just for some reason it was expeditious to announce it at that point. Yeah. No, um, what the what happened was the Trump said that that never, had never happened before. And then the, the, oh, the Pentagon came out and said, actually, it happened like three times. We just didn't do anything about it. That's right. So, yeah. Make I of that watched, what you will, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll drop that now. I watched no, no, no. the Rush <laughs> hearing. Did you watch it? Oh yeah, I watched it uh, cover to cover. I thought it was it was it was fun, as I said uh, on Steve Berg's show. Yeah. I thought it was uh, it was that was the UFO, that was the UFO hearing we've been waiting for. There were aliens. There was talk of aliens, and that's what like you know there was talk yeah. of aliens. I'm watching this the whole time, and all I thought was this is a UFO convention in front of Congress. Yeah, yeah. Same stuff. I saw something that somebody told me about. No, well, I can't. I don't have any access to what it looks like or the actual thing. I just kind of right. somebody told me, and five people told me the same thing. So it's got to be true. It's like, you know, and you know what? The thing that I thought about when I heard that and saw that was, wow, that's worked in the past. It's the, now it, you know, we yeah. tried it out on UFO fans. Now it's being tried out on the nation and the world at large. Some people yeah, were exactly. watching and yeah, some people were watching and saying, you know, this is really nothing new. And like uh, friends of mine, and I said, there are people that are not in the United States watching this very closely as well, because if we can see it, anybody can see it. Yeah, for sure. So I think there are probably a lot of things pushed through there that somebody who knew what they were listening for would pick up on and be able to react to in ways that the intelligence community wanted them to react. Yeah. Just like it's been done in the past. Um, uh, I, I kind of um, thought, I mean, 
if you know what I've written, you know that, you know, everything looks like a nail to me as if it has to do with UFOs and intelligence, you know. Yeah. Um, so when I see any government entity saying anything about UFOs, I automatically assume it's not about UFOs. It's about something else. Right. And when people ask me, it's like, why is the government coming forward now? And I said, somebody in the government or some group or some some operation wants us all to think about UFOs in a certain way right now. Yeah. And so they want everybody to pay attention to it, or at least every everybody that will, and to, you know, run that rumor mill some more and see, you know, and use it for different purposes. This was done during Benowitz. It was done afterwards. It was done with um, what's the, the Serpo thing. Yeah, yeah. This is certainly They're a big all, production. That's the yeah, what people, it's I, people over. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why somebody wants us to, or some group wants us to think about UFOs a lot right now in a certain way, but somebody cer- certainly does. And I don't yeah, know what the purpose true. is. The purpose, it's, there's all kinds of purposes. Who's paying attention? Who's talking about it? How are they talking about it? What things are they bringing up? Um, are there new people? Are there old people? What did they used to do back when? Just this and it it ramps up interest in a certain way and 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 on certain things, and it um, de-emphasizes interest in other things. But yeah. mostly, it's this to me. It's this giant, delicious beacon that just draws inform that draws attention in. And yeah. I mean, if you're a marketing person or an intelligence person, that's a really good thing. Who's paying attention? How are they paying attention? And what way are they paying attention? And how can you utilize? that interest and that attention. So that's how I, that's kind of how I see the, that Grush um, thing and the, this whole operation to begin with. Um, yeah, the Schumer thing, I, I don't know. It's, you know what I said when people said, well, there's something behind here that, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. It's like, yes, there is, there is fire. Yeah. But we don't know what that fire is. None of us know what that fire is. We can make all kinds of assumptions. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that Schumer legislation, I think, mostly had to do with people in Congress being curious about UFOs and the, and the, the military applications of knowing about what they were, not, um, not revealing UFO information to the public. I think, they, I think they were personally interested in it, just like, you know, Lou Elizondo or any of these people. They're personally interested in the subject to begin with. Yeah, yeah. I think Grush was probably personally interested in the subject to begin with. And so that was utilized to get him to like, okay, if you want to talk about it, we'll give you some more. It was like a glorified Bill Moore who said he he made a exactly not yeah. glorified, but a different version of it where they said, we'll give you the straight information if you'll um, play ball with us here. Yeah. Well, and maybe talk- that's what's going on with, with Grush or maybe he's going to get a better retirement or maybe he just he's running on straight curiosity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, you really can't. None of us really could know, and it's uh, that's why I always step back and not try to assign a motivation. You know what I mean? You get online sometimes. People are like he's in this yeah. for the money, or he's crazy. It's like, dude, you don't yeah. know. You just gotta like leave it. No, you don't know. Just gotta operate mm-hmm. like off of what he judging by his actions, not like by what you yeah. project onto his personality. You don't know yeah. a lot of anything about this fucking guy. Yeah, exactly. A lot of reality is a Rorschach plot. UFOs doubly so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
And I was saying this on the show with Jack Brewer and Erica Luke's that uh, talked. Uh, I, I may even explore this more in the future, but he fits the art. There's archetypes in this UFO world. Uh, you sure yeah. you recognize this from the tarot, where it's like you're seeing yeah. him now reappear in this modern era. With you've got like Grush is sort of uh, the Balmazarian guy. Lou Elizondo is the Nick Pope character. Leslie Keene is Linda Moulton Howe. Um, uh, I went, I rattled off like six of them on the show uh, a couple months ago, but there's that, that an interesting, real interesting correlation here, and you could probably take it back to the 50s era and find the same archetypes throughout the entire history of this uh, crazy mystery. Um, so I didn't mean to cut you off there, but yeah, so okay. I mean, that, that's pretty much, I mean, that's why that's I love radio is about under UAPs because <laughs> it's just like this is the this is the modern UFO phenomena, if you will. It's a lot yeah, limped on with the government, with government military scene shit. Um, it's a it's so, a period yeah. and it's a stage and it's a fad and I I somehow just am almost certain, like as certain as I can be, that at some point whatever it's purpose this is being trotted out in front of us for will either be finished failed you know um successful or whatever and bang that'll turn off and it'll go back to status quo again i'm almost certain of this yeah it seems yeah yeah the only difference might be that it sort of opens the door for uh we can get it. actually this is gonna be jumped to that if you want to talk about the, yeah exactly. you went to the soul uh, I don't really know anything about this. I put this under UFOs because I feel like this is still within the spirit of the UFO phenomena that we know and love in a sense that this is, I'm sure some of these people uh, at the event rub elbows with some of the UAP characters. Maybe even some of them are, but this is, well, the soul stuff is, and what's going on sort of with the academic community, that's more in line with the classic ufology in the sense that it's citizen based, it's individual public-based research rather than um, sitting and going, well, what's the government say? Because the government's doing the investigation now. It's the civilian investigation-ism, if you will. will. Sort sort of. of But the the point of the Saul stuff is to interface with some of these government people, which is so it makes it not purely citizen. Right. It's aspirational, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> they're like, look, they, they should Yeah, very. Us. I mean, I heard Peter Scafish talking about it um, there and at um, this conference that Jay King put together in uh, New York City a couple weeks ago. And he was saying, you know, we've got to get government and, and, and the private sector and academia all together to study this. And I was thinking, no, you don't. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, but no, it's got, better to have different has, games. Yeah, he has this grand plan that if we can get all these resources together, that that some sort of answers will come out of it or some something usable or whatever. And he might be right, but I also think that the nature of the UFO thing is just so ridiculously interpreted individually that any attempt to stick it in a jar and say, this is what it is, or here's what we're dealing with, is automatically going to be met with something that dis- that disproves right. that immediately, and it might take a while for that to happen. But it's just if you want something that just will never be put in a jar and never be um, corralled and never be to the point where you can study it 
the way you study anything else, that's UFOs. You can yeah, study they, ghosts and Bigfoot easier than you can study UFOs. The UFO um, phenomenon is not like grand plans. So no, people, it just they, it's, it's like the yeah. more complex the net, the easier it is somehow to. <laughs> to, to yeah, I guess, or or it through. conforms to that net and then leaves you with nothing. It's like okay, that's what you think it is. So yeah, you know, then eighty people come afterwards and say, but what about this and this and this and this? Right. And you're like, uh, well, I guess my theory doesn't uh, apply everywhere. No UFO theory applies everywhere. Um, except for Whitley Strieber's, which I keep bringing up, and he said this years ago. He said the UFO, whatever it is, is trying to reveal itself to people in the most democratic way possible, meaning everybody gets a chance, not everybody, but everybody that sees one gets a chance, and everybody has a different reaction individually. And that's no way to study anything. Yeah. You know? So it's, I, 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 I admire that these people are doing this, but I think it's – not really doomed to failure, but it's I can see the narrative going the way it's gone so many times before, which a bunch of whole bunch of interest everybody's really excited about it and then nothing's found out and they just kinda of give up and stop. Um Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Granted, nobody of this caliber and some will stick is, around. Yeah. That's, I guess the only Yeah, it's changed drug. lives already. A bunch of these academics that I know, they went from ah, this is BS to oh geez, there's actually something really going on here. Which, that's never happened before, at least in my experience, on this level. Yeah. And to the point where people talk about it and have, you know, uh, um, conferences about it. And they're not like UFO con conferences where you're hearing, hearing about the Pleiadians and where they come from and how to call down the, the Space Brothers and uh, all that, which I enjoy. But um i don't think it gets us any further anywhere at, at this point at least people are talking about it differently and that interests me and that's why i go to these conferences and i kind of stop going to the regular ufo conferences which is kind of which have kind of died out i think yeah, the I only one say, left, really like, the one big yeah. one left standing is contact in the desert yeah i mean there are local ufo conferences but it's not like it's the whole the whole scene's completely changed um the sort of carnival the sort of traveling circus aspect of ufology is dying out big time. And uh, well, there's good. still some people who, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I always be nostalgic for it, but it's like, uh, I like the silliness. Only, it's baked in as Josh says, Josh. Gutcher. Yeah. It's, it's sort of, uh, at least as far as UFO, uh, sort of UFOs as its own travel. It's like, like roller derby or something. Um, but it's absorbed <laughs> into a larger aspect. It's now paranormal in general, and you sort of throw in a couple UFO people. But it's like UFO alone, conference, yeah, they're not really uh, – obviously the MUFON one's the other big big one. Right. Um, but who the fuck – I've never even been to a MUFON conference. It's like something – I haven't since then. At the 90s or something. The last one I went to was in 1990-something. <laughs> so I – went to like three or four. I mean, I'll confess to being woefully ignorant of most of the soul stuff, but to me it's just uh, – and maybe I'll come back around to it as I kind of now see these people as – they're kind of the new ufologists, or whether they like it or not. So once you start yeah. doing you, once you start doing UFOs, because you don't have to be qualified to be called a, UFO, a ufologist, it also – Yeah, well, none anyone of them else you become, themselves ufologists. They're I, not saying the, this is a UFO conference. The title can be foisted upon you. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, well, you can voice it upon them, but I don't look at these people as ufologists. I look at them as people that already have interests in other areas and degrees in other areas. And there's like, right, right. Well, what does sociology say? What does anthropology say? What do you know, religious studies say? You know, what does biology say? What does uh, you know, um, astronomy say? All these different disciplines are kind of looking at it from their point of view and saying, how can we look at this in one, in ways that make sense to us in the way that we've been taught science, and two, for some of these people, how do we change the paradigm of science a little bit to meet up with this stuff? And that's something I've been asking for for like 10 years. I've been saying science at some point is going to change so that it can, you know, deal with this stuff. And it'll still be science, but it'll be a different kind where different standards of evidence or whatever are accepted as valid sources for information. And I think that's great. And it's yeah. not ruining science. It's just it's just evolving it a little bit, which it needs. Yes. Any any system needs to evolve to meet new challenges or new data or whatever. And science has science has steadfastly resisted any kind of change to look at this. And now it's not so much. And to me, that's interesting and exciting. Yeah. Well, I wasn't being uh, uh, what's the word facetious? I guess disparaging. <laughs> yes. Yes. I I mean this almost in a. In a, I don't know what kind of way, but it's like these are the new ufologists. These are the new people talking about U- UFOs in a way, uh, you know, I'm not seeing – well, quite frankly, a lot of the fucking old ufologists are dead or they don't do anything anymore. So it's like yeah. – I'm not yeah. seeing a lot out of Stan Friedman these days. So yeah. they're the new ufologists. God bless his soul. Uncle Stan, the man. Um, you know, as he went, so went old school ufology. So it's like this is this is new school I ufology. I think so. I like new school ufology, and I no, think it's going to change, and it's going to be something else yeah. later. I'm just excited. It's the only time I've seen things change appreciably in, what, 30-something years? I hate to say that long, but. It's been quite a change. It's exciting. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, that's something worth keeping an eye on. As I said, I, I'm sort of woefully uninformed on this, but I should probably take a closer look, especially as uh, as the new year rolls out and we need guests for the fucking show, right? <laughs> so, Oh, there's anyway. plenty of them. So, yeah, just, just read up on it. They, they've got interesting things to say. Did you have Mike Masters on yet? No, no, no. I haven't. Uh, no, no. I haven't. We don't yeah. really. I haven't really. I've lost a lot of interest in UFOs lately because of the UAP, how they've been uh, overcome by the UAP thing. So maybe there are some interesting yeah, like, ideas. Yeah, like what? Three or four years ago, I had Stephen Finley on, and he'd never been on a podcast about UFOs. And we talked about the Nation of Islam as a UFO religion, and people are like, what, what? <laughs> and I had just found out about it, so it was vitally – it's like nobody ever hears about that stuff. Nobody talks about that stuff because ufology is basically white people. So it was really interesting to hear this from um, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Finley. So. And then he became kind of a, a, kind of a fixture, and I'm glad because – he gets to talk about, you know, what to, what to other groups besides um, middle class white people think about the UFO subject and where they come from and why they're important and all that. Yes. Well, it's mostly middle class white people, that's for sure. Uh, in yeah. America. In America and England. I find there's a yes. huge contingent of UFO buffs in England. It's like, Jesus, they're more fired up than we are oftentimes. And it's like, they're all your own government. They're all <laughs> mystical and shit. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, but to, all right, so that, this is kind of, again, within the realm of UFOs in a sense. So there's a mystery still. So there were, there were two 
classic, classic UFO style cases here involving the government. There was this Vegas alien, which, uh, now as you know, folks, I, I keep a, my finger on the pulse of the paranormal news. So when something jumps from like local newspaper to fucking every paper in the country, that's when I'm like, all right, this is a big story. Vegas alien was definitely a big story. This family, uh, it was right around 4th of July. Uh, I don't think it was on 4th of July, but I'm not positive. But either way, it doesn't matter. I think it was something, people saw something, looked like a meteor, I think, flashed down in the night sky. Then this family calls the fucking Vegas police, and there's like, and they say, something crashed in our yard. There's these two seven or eight foot tall beings walking around and shit. And so then the cops come out, and they don't find anything, of course. Um, and that's really the whole story. And But because... They had, like, the 911 call and shit. It got really – and the police body camera footage and shit of the cops, like, talking to the guy. He was like, oh, it was these beings and shit. It got a lot of play. Um, you know, I think it turned out the kid was kind of like a TikToker wannabe social media influencer. So, I mean, you can kind of put two and two together as to the veracity of what occurred. Uh, they still kind of tried to milk it for, like, a week or two afterwards, maybe even a month or so. But um, – that was the whole thing, but it was it was legitimately like on my local news here in Boston. Like, did an alien crash in Las Vegas? A family says so. It was like one of those huge classic. Like, it, it was so classic in a sense UFOs too, because like I think it was like right around when the NASA panel happened or the DOD yeah. hearing happened, and it was like UFOs like we were just saying, at all time high. Yeah, yeah kind of like we were saying before. It's like you can't wrangle this thing because they're like, look, we're really trying to take this seriously now. We're really serious about this. And then it's like, did a fucking alien hit a land in a backyard in Vegas? It's like, yeah, that, yeah. Keep trying to take it seriously, guys. Keep, keep trying. We got aliens landing in the backyard of some TikTokers' backyard. So, uh, I mean, do you have anything to say about the fucking Vegas alien? It was a fun story. I liked it a lot, but yeah. it was class. It's just silly. I looked at it and I said, well, that's a load of crap. Um, yeah, it's. <laughs> and then somebody from a friend of mine from MUFON said, can you put me in touch with anybody that might have talked to them? And I said, I could try. Um, and uh, I talked to a, a news person, a media person in Vegas. And I said, did you talk to these people? And they said, first they said, come down here. Then we came down there and they said, oh, well, we don't want to talk to you. And then the the police told us that there was that they weren't totally BSing because there was I guess some kind of footage of something that they couldn't explain. I might be speaking out of turn here. Yeah. But the thing was, the upshot of this was is there was more to the story than just a fake TikToker. There was something going on there that wasn't explainable of so as somebody wanting uh, uh, just somebody wanting uh, attention. Yeah. And I just thought. Totally par for the course of UFO stuff. Interesting. It, it actually could be nothing or next to nothing, but there's always, you know, somehow there's not always, but somehow there's a tiny little, tiny little doubt that something strange went on, alien or paranormal or just yeah, out of the yeah. ordinary or somebody playing a prank on them or what. But it was, it was not as cut and dried as the mm. family got, you know, the family was um, just playing along with this guy that just wanted to be famous. It wasn't oh, that. Interesting. All right. And so, yeah, and the, the, the rest of the family continued to support what he said, 
and said they'd seen something or at least seen some vague thing moving and they they didn't go back on their story so it's like you know i don't know you think there's like i think everybody's parents are these respectable people that will you know that won't uh you know oh god uh, support yeah. whatever no i think yeah, i mean they, they, they could all yeah, they could all be yeah. crazy but the thing is they were so half assed about it the parents yeah. and the brother or whatever they're like yeah well i think we saw something and it's like well either support him wholeheartedly or just you know or don't say anything but yeah. they didn't support him so i don't know it's yeah. not as simple and cut and dried as people right. think and that's you know that's we're the probably never going to hear anything else about it so no we're not going to hear anything else about it at all because it just it's just going to be left just like most ufo uh, cases oh at the Saul conference, yeah, uh, Valet got up to speak. Jacques Valet, and he's the only person that got a standing ovation. And he got it when he was introduced. <laughs> not at, not after after his talk, only a couple people stood up. Not because they didn't like what he said. I don't know, but the one thing he said was, <laughs> he said, "Sounds like it went over like a wet fart, man." I don't know. <laughs> no, no, everybody clapped and they were enthusiastic. All right. Few people. I think they figured we already stood up. We don't have to stand up again. Jeez. But what he said, which is what might have, you know, confused people, is that most UFO cases aren't reported. In fact, the weirder it gets, the less reported it is. Yeah, that's for and sure. And he said, just, he said I think that's, stuff. yeah, I think that's the key. We really have to talk to these people that have had really weird shit happen to them. And encourage them to talk about it because he had the yeah. whole chart like as stories get weirder, the reporting level goes down. Yeah, you know? sure. and he's and as as um makes perfect sense. Yeah, the weirder it gets, the more information you might be able to get out of that. And so just because you heard and I always use this this example, like a witness said, I saw a UFO and then the next day my dead Giant grandmother rabbit. called me. Oh yeah, or a my dead grandmother called me or doors started slamming in my house and poltergeist activity. Nobody asks about that stuff. Yeah. on starting to, but nobody really cares about that. They're always like, how, well, how big was it? How big was the light? What color was it? What direction did it go? If you held a dime you know. up in the air, how big was it? Yeah, that, that, that's, you know, that's the stupidest information you get from somebody up for these things. The best information is, what happened before? What happened after? And how did it make you feel? And what are you what are you not telling me because you think I won't believe you? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a fantastic question. Those are the questions that should be asked. Anyway, he was pushing for that. Like, let's really start weeding weeding out, or at let's least for, uh, yeah, because usually it used to be they would cast the, aside the strangest ones. Yeah. Now it's, it's like, like we got a million. We the, got a million fucking yeah. normal ones. So. Yeah, let's weird. look for the extreme strangeness because that might, that Carla Turner said the same thing to me in the nineties. The, the the anomalous details is where the answer might lie. Uh, speaking of anomalous details, so as many people know, my mantra over the last few years has been uh, "Show me the fucking aliens." And this year, I got my wish when uh, <laughs> sort of the, the esteemed Jaime Massan spoke to the Mexican Congress where they do things right. They do it right down there in Mexico. And he came out with some little alien dead bodies, folks. He had a couple of little dead bodies, little mummified remain-looking body things that he says are aliens. Later, he kind of clarified because he said he claims that it seems like the only people doing studies on these dead aliens are um, 
Jaime Masson's scientific cronies. So it's like he hasn't like, like like just send it up to Harvard, dude, or send it to fucking Stanford or whatever place can actually look at these mummified bodies. Well, so far, Nolan actually, he, Gary Nolan looked at the Atacama ones and he just the, the exactly. alien mummies. It's like like these are like these are human. They're just put together pieces of of humans, and uh, yeah. that upsets send people. No, you're, yeah, send them to him, and he'll he'll though. People have differing opinions of his motivations. He is a scientist, and he does for for. He's not going to come for, out and say they're aliens if they're not aliens. Yeah, I mean that's kind of yeah. he's, and he's if he's he's, <laughs> he's either going to say yes, no, or can't determine. That's right. it. That that's that's science. Yeah, so they're fantastic. They're adorable. I want a plushie. Um, they're, they're <laughs> they made worldwide news. So no one takes came out of no that. one takes them seriously. No one believes like that they're really one. aliens. Um, he says he says that studies have found that 30% of them are unknown DNA. That's supposed to be uh, the latest, I guess. Um, and studies have these giant hundred foot high quotes around it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> studies by his by his scientific cronies. It's like I I I mean I haven't seen any actual scientific information. Just the, just his claim. But I think he's yeah. been in front of the Mexican Congress like three times. So I don't know what the fuck that's all about. But it's uh. It's fun. They it's a it's lot fun. of fun. Yeah, they probably think it's hilarious. Actually, I think they do because they said at the it's third like having an office party. One, yeah, this like famous Mexican rapper came up and fucking talked about his UFO sighting and then did a rap. So it's like, they're, oh, as I said, they're doing it right down there in the Mexican Congress. So that's, I mean, but I guess that just should go to show you folks, as I said earlier, like this is how insane the UFO subject has become here in 2023 and as we enter 2024. Like, this guy's rolling out fucking aliens before the Mexican Congress. And, and not that people take them seriously, but they're getting, they're seriously taken enough to get, like, worldwide attention and people talking about it. Whereas before, like the Roswell slide, it, that was just kind of like a thing. It died out very quickly, obviously, but it didn't really get any, it may, you know, it didn't become like a worldwide story in the way that this has. So it's like the little aliens, that's it. I mean, yeah, I would argue said, if the, if the, the U S government had made this push starting in 2017, that Mossad story still wouldn't have gone worldwide like it did. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, this is all a product of the zeitgeist that the UFO zeitgeist yeah, out there exactly. right now. It's, it's uh, I'm sure Jaime Masson, who I mean, I I, I, not, I think I've crossed paths with him once, um, but I never actually talked to him. But he's I never he's met a, him. All about the UFOs and everything. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't deign to <laughs> compare to anyone in in American uh, the UFO scene, but he's he's a he's a character, and um, you know he's his own show. Yeah, he's a one of a kind. Really, he really is. There's really no one in America quite like Jaime Masson. Um, so he's he busted out these aliens. So they're pro. I don't know why. I think they're probably like Fiji mermaid type things. But we'll. we'll I think start. that's what somebody had found out eventually, or at least that was one of the stories I read or heard. The, the skeptical stories are just as uh, just as um, inconclusive as the, a lot of the times because there's like 15 different skeptical opinions on it. Yeah, you know? I, so you don't know. I don't you know, even know anyone pick, who's yeah. Somebody needs to handle these things like that isn't part of the Jaime Masson crew that I at least, you know, someone needs to 
Like, the Mexican government should take possession of these. <laughs> right? Like, can you imagine if someone rolled in at the Grush hearing and was like, Grush hearing and was like, here's two fucking alien bodies. I've got them. Like, you wouldn't leave with the alien bodies, bro. Like, they'd be like, all right, we're taking those with us. Thanks. Thanks for bringing the dead aliens, Jaime. Um, please, you, we're going to escort you out of Congress now, but we're going to keep the dead aliens. So, yeah. good for good no. for him. Um, yeah. No, no dead aliens are ever going to be rolled out anywhere, I, I predict. I hope One, not. One, because there might not be any. And two, if there were, nobody in their right mind would put those out in public. It just, it's yeah. just that the, the, the value of keeping them under wraps is a lot better than the value of telling everybody about them. And three, what would the aliens think? You know, they'd, hate, they'd fucking hate us, dude. They'd be very insulted. I would be. <laughs> I'm watching some TV show or I find out some other planets. Like, we got a couple of dead humans. Look at these things. And they're holding them up. They're like, Fuck Oh, my you, God, man. that's Steve. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I also, it, it, maybe at some point down the line, Repo Junkie will chime in and share his thoughts on this. But the, the high name of sound thing with the aliens moves us into Weird and unusual paranormal stories. I tried to put a hard thing on about 45 minutes on the UFO talk, and that's pretty much what we did. So that's great. Um, because we're moving now into general paranormalia and whatnot. Um, and we'll probably circle back at, to UFOs when we close out the look. To and the and next which, year. I, which I might have less to say, but we'll see. Yeah, but just, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll oh, see. I looked at your list. I mean, I, I knew about almost all of them except these next two you're going to talk about. Yeah, well, the Mexican president, he shared a photo of what he thought was an elf, a magical elf. Um, and then later in the year, a Mexican mayor revealed what he claimed might be goblin remains that were found in the town. I just I lumped them in here with the Jaime Vassant thing because it's like official. Like the Mexican president, I don't know what, what – it was. It turned out it was like a fake or a, a debunked viral photo from like four years ago. So it's just kind of like – you get kind of look like a goof, but it's like – Again, going with this idea of the zeitgeist and shit, it's like... Is that the one that the guard took the picture of the thing coming out of the basement or whatever it was? No, it was like something in a tree. It was like... Oh, okay. Big, oh, that's right. That's in a right. tree. And, and like even like a reverse Google image search found with it like in seconds that it had been floating around online for like years. Yeah. So he, yeah. he just kind of looked like a goof. But it was... But the fact that the, the president of Mexico is like sharing this shit online that's the that's the takeaway here it's like we've come this far this has gone nuts yeah and then the mexican mayor revealing goblin remains so i don't know what's going on down in mexico with official uh pronouncements of paranormal and goblins shit. yeah but i love it and i hope to see more they're not chupacabra remains we haven't seen those in a while i know that would have been that would have been that have blown my socks off um so, in the world of Bigfoot in 2023, uh, a fair amount of sightings, I'd say, but the biggest story uh, that got the most headlines was this train video that the couple didn't film the, it's all very confusing, but uh, try to stick with the facts. The couple didn't film the video. Some other guy on the train with them filmed it, and then they, you know, entrusted them to release it, so... Um, but it's always like they filmed the thing, and it's like, oh, they didn't film it. Some other guy did. But anyway, this group of witnesses filmed 
what looked like a well, yeah, what looked like a bipedal figure walking along, hairy bipedal figure walking along this mountain range in Colorado, and then he like squats down like he's gonna take a shit, quite frankly. Um, but it squats or, or have a smoke or something, but just squats down. And it was remarkably clear, so it got a lot of like, and it was clearly like something on two feet. Um, and it certainly looked like a Bigfoot. Uh, so it, it got tons of press, but I think at the end of the day, well, I don't think it was certainly not conclude, no one stepped forward to unmask themselves as the Bigfoot. Um, it turned out like there was a car dealership nearby and like uh, it looked pretty much like their mascot. So the belief <laughs> is, is that it was either a prank or an inadvertent, uh, you know, Bigfoot sighting or something like that. But I thought somebody was, admitted that they had Bigfoot. Uh, they may have. The car dealership may have, like, wink, wink, been brought the guy out and said something like, we don't know where it could have been from, but I don't, I don't know if it was ever conclusively debunked, but I'd have to take a closer look. I thought it was conclusively debunked, but I, I first time I saw it, I said, that looks interesting. Then you look at it for a while, and you're like, that just looks like somebody that really wants to be on camera. <laughs> yeah, I found it hard to believe that a big film Every other big hanging film around. is like them walking away from you. Yeah, yeah. I, I found it hard to believe that a Bigfoot would be walking around anywhere near, like, where a train would be. In broad you know? daylight in Colorado, yeah, like, near, exactly. near a tourist train that goes from Durango to, I can't remember where it was, but it's like this little tourist little train. Circuit. It just has one little, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so hard to believe. It got the most press. It almost certainly is debunked. I'll, yeah, I mean, somebody may have come forward, but I never really, I think I never even bothered to, like, follow up on it because it was like, yeah, it's obviously not Bigfoot. Yeah, I think I did because I was having discussion with somebody about it. It's like, oh, I wonder what really happened. It's like, nope, guy admitted it. So, see, yeah. there's the skeptical, one of the skeptical explanations, and I chose to just live with that one because I just thought it looked bad anyway. Yuri Geller just put up a picture the other day on Facebook. It's like, can my friends help me <laughs> figure out what this is? This is amazing. And it was it was a street lamp with the with the with the part holding it up photoshopped out really badly too. You can see the outline of where it was. Yeah, he's been releasing a lot of bad shit over the year. I don't know what his deal is. Um Yeah, it's just I don't know what he said. This is from a friend of mine that's in the military. He's like, well, then maybe he's trying to make you put that up for some reason. Maybe right, there's something right. else in the picture that somebody needs to see. Yeah, or the streetlights code for something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know what – yeah, he's he's kind of – I never really took him seriously anyway. He seems like someone who's trying to stay relevant in the world of UFOs still, and I think he's – True. Uh, I mean, I think he's He's a big celebrity in like in England. So he's more yeah, of a celebrity. Well, he lived there for quite a while. Yeah, so he gets a lot of – all he has to do is ring up, like, one of these fucking tabloids, and they'll run anything. So it's yeah. kind of – I'm, I'm cynical wild. about a, a bit about Yuri Geller, but I also – I also – he fascinates me as a character. I think he's kind of – he's a nice, positive person. And also – I think that some of the stuff he did was unexplainable, and you know, mixed in with a whole bunch of magic tricks and BS. Although most skeptical people I know, it's like, well, if he feel, fooled you once, he's fooled you every time. It's like, yeah, it's not. Yeah, that, that may not necessarily be the case, but yeah, yeah, who knows with him? I think he lost his mind though at some point. I, I hate to say it. Um, 
or he's kind yeah, of lost, I mean, he's lost the plot, you know, and I say that with kindness and, and uh, empathy. Um, but, but if you're posting out pictures of, if you can't discern a street light that you, what you're, you know, then you've kind of lost yeah. the plot a little bit. Sorry. Um, exactly. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, I feel sorry for him. I mean, he's, he's still, still cute and fun and I'd lo- really love to meet him, but he's also, yeah, kind of, kind of gone off the, gone off the reservation a bit. Yeah. Uh, this year was a big year for the Loch Ness Monster in a way. Uh, after we had the talk last year about how they were fighting about the webcam footage, uh, they still don't care. They still don't recognize webcam footage anymore. The field's pretty much settled on that. But it was like the 90th anniversary, I believe, of the first, not the surgeon photo, but like the first sighting which made Nessie into Nessie. So it was like a celebratory year, 90 years. Uh, they reopened this. I'd love to go and check it out. This, uh, uh, visitor center at Loch Ness. It's like the, they put like 2 million pounds or something crazy into it. It's like a giant yeah. immersive experience, uh, like a real fucking show um, yeah. at Loch Ness. In 1932, there was a, yeah. Yes. Um, a whole boat full of tourists saw Nessie piddling along through the loch. <laughs> and if you like Nessie, the opening of the place um, is fantastic news, not just because it's cool and shit, but because they're, and let's be super cynical here, folks. The tourist attraction has a vested interest in people caring, loving, and wanting to find the Loch Ness Monster. That's so, is, you're, you're going to hear more about the Loch Like, it's the best PR ever you could ask for for Loch Ness Monster. Like, they, it now has a team of people ensuring that everyone's talking everyone still loves Loch Ness Monster believe Nessie it. has a PR firm exactly so Nessie has a posse yeah yeah exactly Nessie has a posse now so shortly after they opened then they did I, I, it was like the largest search for Nessie in like 30 years and they had a whole weekend and people all came out and it was a shitty day it was like rainy all weekend so like not as many people came out but it was still a ton of people and they um it was a really interesting first try. I hope they do it again this year. They had, like, boats out there with sonar shit. I mean, I don't think they're going to find a fucking dinosaur or whatever, but it was, you know, it was a cool group of concept kind of thing. And they had, like, in the, and people lined the sides of Loch Ness at various points to look for Nessie and shit. And as I said, I mean, the greatest PR in the world. It's, this is the kind of shit you want. Like, Bigfoot's sitting yeah. there in, North, in, in, in America going, like, what the fuck, man? Uh, but Bigfoot's more of a folk here. You can't go one place and find Bigfoot. This is their, they're like Roswelling it up big time. And it's, uh, if, if they hadn't already, they're good. They're yeah. The Nessie's out. only good in good one them. spot. There's not Nessie's there. Well, there are lake monsters in every country, but right. there's not Nessie. There's not lake monsters all over England. As far as I know. No, no, no. But this Nessie's the pre preeminent lock, uh, you know, monster. He's, he's the, you know, he's the main lake monster. So yeah, that was a big thing. The largest search ever for Nessie in 30 years or something like that. Um, and I think they're going to do it again. As I said, it's in their interest to keep this thing going. So I would imagine this might become an annual thing and good. It's cool. It's awesome. I love it. I want to go. I want to go too. Yeah. If it's, if it becomes an annual thing, I will definitely, uh, attend one of these years because it sounds cool as hell. I've never been to Loch Ness. I would love turn to into a there. huge party. Yeah, Paramania some yeah. year. We should go and just join the giant Loch Ness surge. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, we're kind of flying through these, but there's other stuff to get to as well. Um, well, also over in England or Britain or the UK, one 
one of those. I always get that all mixed up. Um, a miscreant cut down this iconic British tree. I only really mentioned this. It was called the Sagmore Gap, I think. Um, and it was like featured in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's like it's iconic. It's it's along Hadrian's Wall, and the the thing dips down, and the tree is like coming out of the thing, and it was like it's iconic. It's on all the fucking this whole area where it is. It's it's everywhere, right? I'm trying. It's like Man in the Mountain for people uh, yeah. from Hampshire. Yeah. So that's probably the closest. Which fell apart or, a few years ago. Yeah, exactly. Or like uh, a, a tree version of the Grand Canyon, or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or so anyway, some a famous natural yeah, feature. Yeah. Exactly. Some fucking dick uh, or multiple dicks or miscreants, undoubtedly, uh, cut down this fucking tree, and it was like centuries old. It's a huge tree. If you Google it, um, you'll see how huge it was. So the only reason I really mention this is it's just like. It, it connects in a way to the, the they blew up the fucking Georgia Guidestones last year. Um, just shit, we, we just shit disappears. <laughs> you know, we kind of, I kind of just tip my cap in a way. It's like, well, there's another thing in our lives that like people in future generations won't really know about. So, and I, I and and it's not like natural. It's like people are fucking assholes. Like, and just like stop blowing up or destroying iconic shit that people like. I'm afraid of what's going to happen, of what they'll get to next, you know? Yeah. I did not hear about this. So all I can say is what a dick. Yeah. <laughs> or dicks, as you say. Um, well, you one story. Just, I, I, they need yeah. that. How can I get attention? Well, I can do some horrible thing. Well, great. You'll be on. What's that? Th- that um, I can't rem- remember what comedian. Oh, it was Louis C.K. It's like, you know. Somebody's like arguing with him at a at the at the at the food service court or whatever. And he goes, "Well, you can decide whether we're going to be on the news tonight, tomorrow or not, but I really need this. <laughs> I really yeah. need whatever." Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, so it's like I'm going to get on the news. Yeah, you'll be on the news for five minutes, you moron, and everybody's going to hate your guts. Nobody thinks about that, or maybe they like it. I don't know. The devil has taken everyone. Yeah, well, I, the article I wrote about it for the Coast site that at the time they arrested a teenager, but I don't know if uh, he ended up getting if he was ended up being connected for it or not. But it's like because he was a minor, they didn't release his name. And it's like I mentioned in the article, it's like, look, when you do something this bad, uh, the government can protect your identity, but it's not going to last long. Like people are going to find out who you are, dude. You're like you're whatever happens to you, you're forever going to be branded a fucking like villain. For like you like for the rest of your life in that area, like you need to leave the yeah. fucking country, bro. Like otherwise, you're the most hated person. There's no coming back from that. You cut down the fucking tree, <laughs> the tree, the you know the iconic fucking tree that everyone uh, used. Got to um, move to the United States like Hitler's um, nephew did when, during World War Two. <laughs> there you go. Now, one of the big stories. Uh, I don't want to call it my favorite story of the year, but I think it kind of was in a way because it was so bizarre. Um, and that's the submersible tragedy. You know, you you followed the submersible tragedy, right? You know. The, yes. Yeah. I, th- I think that was probably that was one of the biggest stories of the year for a while. It gave it it was exciting. It happened like in early July for people who were listening to this later. Um, essentially, this. Uh, I don't know how I describe it. Maverick, 
inventor, engineer, guy, um, empresario, invented a submarine submersible, which is like a it's like a it's like a little bubble that you fucking drop into the ocean and then pull back up. Essentially, it has little motors. It's not like a submarine. Um, he invented one made out of uh, shit. Not fiberglass, but something similar to the the uh, uh, carbon uh, carbon fiber. Carbon fiber, yeah. Um, insisting that this was the way to go, it was the proper way to do it. It was going to change the whole world of submersibles. And he was charging people a shitload of money to get out of the Titanic. He had done it like two or three times. The entire submersible community was like, "This is insane. This is like, yeah. this is like like if you had." Tried to make it out of fiberglass, dude. This is not gonna. This is not gonna work. Yeah, um, just because it worked three times doesn't mean it's gonna keep working. In fact, it's less likely that it'll work. Right after the stress is it. induced by the yeah. Yeah. So on this fateful day, Father's Day, actually, uh, they went down into the ocean um, to go look at the Titanic. They never came back up, and it turned into like an MH370 situation where uh, the whole world was, you know, well, a lot of people like me who get captivated, you know, just give me a, oh, I know, but it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm listening, I'm hearing the people who were, I didn't give a fuck, <laughs> you know, it's like, it well, was the story. Yeah, you missed out. <laughs> it was really, it was really exciting. It was like MH370 and they're like, all these countries came to look for the fucking little bubble. There was these horror scenarios, it's like they could be stuck in the little bubble right now, running out of oxygen. Um, oh, yeah, there's, there was like, oh, we're hearing, like, knocking on a hull, or... Yeah, you know, yeah. A, yeah. There were, like, these ghostly sounds coming from somewhere, and people thought they might still be alive, and, yeah, and then finally yeah. they found... Yeah, go ahead. Well, then they... It got so bad, like, like, it just, again, this is the this is the glimpse into 2023. This is who we are as a society, folks, in this year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, the... News. The speculation was that they would have like uh, 72 hours or whatever until uh, they ran out of oxygen. So as you got closer and closer to what was thought to be the uh, when they would run out of oxygen, the fucking news stations, a couple of them, ran little tickers down in the corner of the screen that was counting down to when the people in the bubble would theoretically run out of oxygen and fucking die. It was like, what the fuck? This is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, so then, like, after about five days, uh, oh, they sent down a little, you know, like one of those National Geographic uh, remote things to look at yeah. the Titanic they used. So they sent that down. They're like, yeah, it blew up. It imploded. So they found the debris. Um, the people almost certainly died, like, in milliseconds. Um, yeah, they got about, vaporized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they There wouldn't actually, be any remains. Right, right. Uh, it actually made me feel good in a way because it was like they probably, well, from what I've heard now, in the, it, it sounded like they started going up back up. They were like, okay, shit's, shit's wrong. And apparently when this shit starts to fail, it starts to like pop and crackle. So they were like, they started hearing pops and crackles and they're like, all right, we got to get back up. We got to get back up. This is, something's going on. And then it was like, boop, and then we're dead. So like, if they had any... Yeah. Concern maybe lasted for like a minute with like oh, I don't know this sounds like it might not be as this might this might be taking a turn for the what and poop you're dead so it was like they didn't yeah. you know it was so, instant yeah so I feel bad I feel bad well I feel bad for everybody 
I don't necessarily feel yeah, so bad for the father guy and son on there, listen. and the son didn't want to go. Yeah, the son didn't want to go. That's how I remembered that it was Father's Day because the son didn't want to go, but because he'd be scared because this thing was a fucking like tube, folks. You have to see this thing if you again if you're listening to this like four or five years down the line, you might be like, what the fuck are these guys? It was like a tube, um, and it was run with like a PlayStation controller. And everyone afterwards yeah. was like, how the fuck did anyone even let this thing go into the water? So, yeah. so, and the son was like, I don't want to go. This thing looks like a death trap, but you're my dad, and it's Father's Day, and you love the Titanic, so I'm going to go with you on this insanely dangerous trip, and they died. And it, that's the, one of the big tragedies. That's the big tragedy of it. The guy who fucking spearheaded all this is the villain. Everybody tried to tell him not to do it. He was so obstinate that he fucking kept going, and he took four people's lives with him. So that's it. Quite a – Which isn't really paranormal or Fordian, but it was a huge thing in the news. Yeah. It was – I don't know how I classify it, but it was sort of like – well, it was a very short-lived mystery. (laughs) Yes. That was a very – and an eerie synchronicity, sort of a cautionary synchronicity in a sense, where wasn't that like the whole thing behind the Titanic, that it was like this obstinate, like, we're going to push on no matter what, and fucking then that uh, ultimately killed all the people. So it was the like same sort of, like, bullish attitude. I think it was like – it was it was, we can't sink, so we're we're probably okay. Right, right. But then the, the, the ship started, like, listing. They're like, oh, Jesus. And then they realized, no, we are sinking. Because I think it, it, the, the plan, as far as I remember, the plan of the Titanic was nothing can rip through this many watertight compartments at once. And it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That was sort of, yeah, that's that's how it kind of connects to the submersible. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. And it just goes to show you that people are still hubris. Weird hubris is the word, yeah. People still weirdly obsessed with this Titanic. Like, they need to, uh, I don't want to say move on, but I think that it's going to change the way. I don't think you'll see a lot of this shit. I think people are just going to leave it alone now, maybe, I hope. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. that might be the end of the Titanic obsession. We have all the shit we need. They did a great 3D digital composition of it that came out this year also. Um, so, what more do you fucking need? I don't know. I read the – are you getting brownouts there at your place? I can see the lights flickering. No. Sometimes my refrigerator just kind of kicked over, and sometimes when it does that, uh, it sort of oh, okay. like jogs the thing. But, nah, we're good. I read A Night to Remember when I was, like, a kid, when I was, like, seven or eight or something by, by Walter Lord. And that's uh, – I think that's what a lot of the later – you know, movies, etc., were based on with that initial book. Yeah. And it got some stuff wrong, you know, but so do all historical books. Yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, I don't know why it was my favorite story. I guess just because it was sort of like the MH370 thing. It was very like, a short-lived mystery. I mean, look, personally, I wish they never found anything. It would have been like, this is a great American, a, yeah. new, great, a new great American mystery. What never happened to the two. Um, but unfortunately, it just fucking imploded. So and I will yeah. eat fucking up any documentary that comes out about this. So get on. <laughs> I'll watch a fucking I'll watch a dramatization. I will watch a documentary. I will watch it all. I'm not going to read a fucking book, but I'll do the rest. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for that. Um, the other thing, this isn't really so much a story, but if it was like a a sort of boogeyman of the year, it would be uh, AI. That was the big, that's all fucking anyone was talking about was AI. Um, I don't use AI. I th- You said today you use it now. I mean, maybe I should. Recently. I'm just, I want to. It seems like the fun part where you make a funky picture and shit. That sounds like fun. I haven't done that yet. I've only done it with uh, with chat GVT with uh, text. Um, but yeah, no, I Which haven't is really amazing. messed around with it. Yeah, no, it seems cool as hell. I'm afraid to go down that rabbit hole. So, <laughs> oh, I'll ask questions and it'll have an answer for me immediately. And I was trying to write a um. I'm I'm still working on a book, and I put the in I put the intro into the into ChatGPT because I was like, what am I, how do I organize this? So I took a three thousand word intro, I threw it in ChatGPT, and I said, if this were the intro for a book, what would the chapter headings look like? And in about five seconds, it spit out twenty no no it was only ten ten twelve chapters. A third of them were crap. Yeah. Like, you don't get it. A third of them I'd already thought of before. Basically what I came up with. And a third of them were, oh, my God, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. And so that's good. People ask me what it's like. And I said, it's like collaborating with yourself. And yeah. you can get huh, – um, I can't – my sister, I think, told me that um, Amazon had recently, like in a, lot, a few months ago, come out with a rule. You can only publish – three books a day on Amazon oh, because AI people are so easy. people are people are just spitting out stories written by AI oh, and wow. putting them in books and selling them and it will write a book for you I was actually talking to a friend and I said yeah but it can't you know it won't be your style and he goes you put in a few paragraphs of your style and it'll it'll, it'll emulate it and I was like what yeah, well, it's getting better, too. That's the scary part, I guess. Um, yeah. I never would, but I don't think that makes any difference to most people in the world right now. So I don't know what world we'll be living in in, you know, a year, certainly five years, where everything's an extrapolation of everything on the Internet according to whatever the AI is told to do. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. And then, of course, I think recently people keep claiming what's it called artificial general intelligence, which means something that is the exact that has the intellect of of a human, of an adult human. Yeah. And people keep claiming claiming it's happened. But I don't know yet. Um, It hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been proven or repeated or whatever. Yeah. I was reading a book about three or four years ago called Our Last Invention. It was about AI and the whole thing about, well, what if AI decides that it doesn't need us around? It could start poisoning the food and yeah, people in traffic and stuff like that. It's like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it might happen right. on a small scale in some ways, but I don't think it will happen on a large scale. Right. The thing I am worried about is people that have no interest in doing any good by anybody using it. That's that's probably the worst scenario. I didn't even consider that. But, yeah, I had this something of this conversation with Tyler Coachon on the Christmas show where it's like he's very apocalyptic. I'm sort of uh, happy-go-lucky. So it's just like I don't see how 
I get, like, I just don't make, I can't make a psychological leap from, like, making funny pictures to the world's going to end because of this shit. So it's like, but I see, in a sense, it will shape society, whether we like it or not, in the same way that... It already has. Already, yeah. Well, it's going to shape it more. Like, yeah, you know, maybe you're, come in to envelop, you're, like, you're, yeah, hard to you're, extricate you're, ourselves from it. Yeah. Everything you do can be, you know, tracked now. And if AI is involved with it, then it's going to start predicting what you will do. Yeah. Um, when you will do it, what you'll spend your money on. It's going to control your credit rating. It already does. Um, how worthy you are for loans and all that. It already controls that. So, you know, at the behest of banks and things. But yeah, yeah. I may be so, talking um, out my ass. The, you know what? I had Diana Pasolka on my show and she is. She works with this woman who's uh, um, kind of an AI pioneer, but in her book, in uh, in her Encounters book, the, the one that just came out, I think she said that some of the AI people think that AI is an alien intelligence from the future coming back to us through our technology to to get us to to get us to use use our use the technology to close that loop so to speak with whatever that alien intelligence in the future is is trying to get us to do or turning turn us into or whatever and they're fine with it i said is this like a metaphor and she goes no no they actually think that's really 100 wow. percent what's going on based on their based on what they've been doing in their belief system that probably a closed belief system amongst these a lot of these people but well, yeah ai pioneers think it's aliens coming from the future through our technology well, there are politicians trying to hasten the return of Christ, so it's, you know, everybody's <laughs> <laughs> everybody's trying to fucking, you know, working at the behest of something they think they, uh, well, not everybody, but there are people who do. It's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's a weird thing. Um, I feel like there's an old commercial of, like, uh, the Today Show when they first started talking about the internet, and they're like, what is this internet? Is it like a thing? Is it like, what is WWW? That's information superhighway. Yeah, it was like, so that's kind of how I feel about AI right now. I'm not, I, I haven't really dipped my toe into, um, into really exploring it, because it's like, this is a little daunting, but I feel like as you, as you kind of it saying, is. it's, can't really, I feel like as we get further into it, like, and I'm not, I don't want to say this to you, like, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but do you, now, like, if you use the chapter titles, do you feel compelled to be like, some of this was fabricated using AI? Like, that's part of the other thing, too. It's like, how do you, no. at some point, do, do people separate? I have no problem with it. But if you wrote a whole chapter, I hope you would be like, this chapter was written with, <laughs> with AI or something. Because, like, there are no, places, Sports I, Illustrated, I, I don't know if you yeah, saw this, Sports have... Illustrated was publishing AI articles, like, without attributing them to AI. And then they pulled them, and they were like, all right, we won't do that anymore. But it's going to become... The thing now where it's like, should there be a disclaimer or, or what, or how is this going to work uh, with, with attributing shit that was done with AI? It'll just be no, after a while, it won't be. Yeah. That's what's going on. And so I think I it's going to be like, if, if there it. isn't a person put their name on it, you're going to have to just assume that it was written with AI. Well, even if they do put their name on it, you have to assume it was written with AI because it's a lot easier. Um, I guess I have a moral yeah. thing against doing that. I won't do it to write a book. I absolutely will not right. do it. I didn't mean um, you know what I'm saying. You're the only one here yeah. in the room, so, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I had to pose the question to you. Um, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a there's a weird thing there where it's like 
people people take offense, and I, I don't blame them really. That it's like uh, people passing off the things passed off as written by people that are written by AI. It's like people aren't ready for that shit yet. Well, I'm or not they ready are, for it either. I think they I, will. I think it's but they dig the AI. Yeah, I do dig the AI, but I also think that um, if something was not written by you specifically, then you should say so. And I don't have any problem. The reason I got those chapter headers is because I fed it my work. Right, right. And it basically it's like I don't know if you if you use the I Ching or 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 cut ups or or tarot cards or something to make a decision. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Are you not doing this? You're doing putting all your input into a randomizer, and that's kind of right. what I felt like I was doing. The title yeah, of, the, of that book that, that you know my uh, it defies language. Oh yeah, it kind of created by too, right? Yeah, it was it was created by a cut up generator. I just put my introduction in, and I and I looked at all the and it just mixed all the words up randomly. Yeah, and I just yeah. read, I just looked at the words and kind of put myself in kind of like a non-committal state. And anytime a phrase came out when I was reading the words, I would write it down. And one of them was "It Defies Language," which I thought was a great title for a book about about UFOs and the paranormal. And also, it's a book written in language. So I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the, you know, these questions will, these con- this conversation will, con- so, uh, this conversation will seem quaint in a few years. Um, yes, it I will. Feeling. So they'll be like, oh my God, listen to them back in 23 talking about this. Yeah, well, it'll be, it'll be Tim and Greg bot talking. It won't be us anymore. Yeah, maybe next year we'll just, yeah, it can do, it can do podcasts like that. It's crazy. I watch documentaries like a fiend on um, uh, YouTube, and like, goddamn, like ninety percent of them are read by AI now. You can oh, tell because you're surprised. listening, and then suddenly it mispronounces something. You're like, "What? That's not how you pronounce that!" And then you immediately <laughs> know it's just the AI hasn't learned to pronounce it properly yet. Right, right. Um, I can't remember what else I was going to say about the AI. Oh. I wanted to start a business doing uh, recording and editing um, audiobooks. Yeah, we talked about because this, I, not on the show, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I write. I edit audio. I've been editing audio for like 30 years. It's my job. I still edit audio, um, you know, for, for, for Coast. So I just thought, this would be, you know, why don't I do that? And a friend of mine said, you shouldn't do that. It's like, why not? It's because AI is reading books now and you won't have. I said, well, what about if the author? He goes, the author doesn't have to read it. All the author has to do is read like three paragraphs and then the, the AI will read the entire book in the author's voice. Celebrities, yeah, yeah. everything. So yeah. it's not, it's, it's, it's a dying industry. What do you know? Authors can do it themselves at the, at, a, at a, you know, at a certain point. Which I think actually is pretty good because then you don't have to have to have a publisher or anything sitting in the way. Hopefully, and that that's changed since, especially since COVID. But since the yeah, internet, no, it's a huge cost to do an audiobook. Yeah, uh, the, people can offer their own content that they've created directly to people. I, I think that that's the wonderful part of it. Um, the not wonderful part of it is is uh, the old guard of publishers and all that trying to hold on to it. Um, and all the shenanigans and all the BS that comes with it. Like, the Internet's a wonderful thing. Everybody gets a voice. And 10 years later, the Internet sucks. Everybody gets a voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
So, yeah, AI written books are, you know, I don't even think they're wonderful. I don't know. You know what? If they can make make a good book that's compelling and that people love, you know, I won't be happy about it, but whatever. Yeah, well, I was going to say, yeah, there are probably already, like, techno hipsters who are like, I only read AI. I only read <laughs> – it doesn't have – doesn't contain all the human projections of the author. It's more pure. It's like, all right, bro, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, Probably. We'll move on to uh, the saddest part of the annual year interview special. That's the uh, in memoriam. Um, I've only listed people here that I think that we had personal encounters or friendships with. Um, or, yep. uh, yeah, I think you may have met Calvin. We start with Calvin Parker, one of the two key witnesses in the Pascagoula incident. Um, he passed away well, in the be. fall. You did meet him. Okay, yeah. I was I only aware him, of him. I interacted Iconic with him a bit. Figure. We emailed back and forth. Nicest guy ever. I should have had him on my show. I didn't because it's one of my favorite cases. It's a iconic case. Talking about strange cases. There you go. That's one of those where you're like, we're glad these guys talked. Well, I don't know if they initially talked about it or if it just kind of got leaked out because the police recorded it and shit. I don't remember how. Yeah, it I think that's what it was. The police just got it out to the press and then they, yeah. they got involved and, you know, um, uh, uh, APRO got involved. They sent James Harder down to talk to them. It was just like it became a circus. And then I think Parker finally wrote that book that uh, oh God, what's his name? Yeah, that uh, Flying Disc Press. I can't remember. I can't remember the British guy that does that. But anyway. Yeah, he had kind of tipped out of the scene for like decades, and then came back like in the last like three or four years. Uh, yeah. And, and I, really I, was I, celebrated, deservedly yeah. celebrated. Like, I think he went through the shit for years over it. Yeah. And he yeah. was like, I'm out. And then he came back, like, in the last few years, wrote a book. And he was like, everyone, he was beloved. So, yeah. and deservedly so. So, I'm glad he got yeah, to have Yeah, there wasn't any reason not Coda. to. Yeah. He was, a, he, was like a, he was like a good old boy in the, in the best sense of the word. Right, right. So, um, you know, not... As far as I could tell, not prejudiced, not mad at anybody, friendly to everyone. He didn't know who the hell I was. He shook my hand and talked to me for like half an hour or more. Yeah. And that was great. Um, so, yeah, sorry to see him go. I was kind of shocked about it, but I also knew that he wasn't doing well um, uh, health-wise. Yeah, and he was an older gentleman. And like I said, uh, I'm happy that he got to have that, that resolution. Like. He dipped yeah. out. He was super bitter about what happened, I assume, and kind of unhappy at least because he certainly didn't want any attention for it. And if he had died then, it would have been yeah. almost like this tragic story. But instead, it was like he reemerged. He talked about the case quite a bit. He wrote a book. They put up a fucking historical marker down there at Pascagoula. Um, so, and then he died. And so it's like he died a happy man. Um, or at least yeah. I think I'd like to think that whatever issues he had More were peace. resolved. Yes, exactly. Um, and then another guy I had some adventures with, you had many adventures with, um, uh, a dear friend of yours. I'd call him a friend of mine as well. I, I really loved the guy and I loved hanging out with him and wish I had had more time with him. I'm talking about Ken Thomas, who, uh, also passed away this past fall. Um, you want to talk about Ken? I don't know if you wrote anything or spoke anywhere about it, or I don't want to put you on the spot for that kind of thing. No, that's but you know okay. <laughs> I spoke at his funeral. Oh, there you go. That's how that's how I, close Greg uh, was with Ken, folks. Well, he was best man at my wedding. I've known him since 98 or 9. 
we visited each other quite a bit. Mostly we saw each other at conventions. So I was happy when I started getting dates to speak because then I could see Ken at conventions and we we didn't have to pay for plane tickets to see each other. Um, I visited him once. We talked a lot, not in the last couple of years of his life, but I visited him once in St. Louis and stayed at his place with, with my wife because we went for the eclipse. Yeah, I was going to say it's for the eclipse, yeah. And he... He got us tickets to get on a paddle wheel steamboat in the Mississippi to watch the eclipse, which was the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah, that sounds awesome. And a few months, he had, he was diabetic. He had to go for, um, what's that called when you have to get uh, 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 dialysis? Is that diabetes? Uh, something with kidneys. I'm not sure. Yeah, he had to go for dialysis every week. Um so my wife and I actually took him to dialysis while we were there, um, and he went while he was here. But at one point, I think he it got so bad they had to amputate part of one of his feet. Ugh, um, and I remember he was in the hospital. He called me from the hospital two or three times, and I sent him some care packages. One of them, the staff or somebody opened it, stole everything. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. But he, he called me, you know, I just tried to keep his spirits up and finally got out of the place. It was mostly the rehab was what it was, was driving him nuts. Yeah. Anyway, he got out. He was fine for a while. And then I guess about four or five months ago, he 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 like fell and banged his head. And that and apparently like he had to go to the hospital. Then he was doing better. And then bang, he just died. Yeah. Um. So I. I heard this and I got on a plane and went out for his funeral and there was a memorial service and a bunch of his friends talked and they said, does anybody else want to say something? I was the only person from the paranormal parapolitical world that was there. I think it might've been the only person that was like directly in that world. It was how we met. Yeah. Yeah. And he, um, and I got up and talked about him for like probably about two minutes. And I felt good that I was able to do that. That's and then right. we went to we went to the grave site, and there was just ashes. So they dug this hole, and they gave us some flowers. People threw flowers in there. I had a deck of the tarot cards, which he'd asked me for, and I'd never sent to him. And to my eternal shame, I never sent him a copy of those. So I asked his wife if I could take one of the cards and put it in his in the in the uh, the hole in the ground, and she said yeah. So I took the hierophant because that's the teacher. And yeah. I I just dropped I dropped it in the grave for him and it's 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 in the ground with his ashes now. That's awesome. So, yeah. Anyway, and he's buried. Basically, you could walk for a minute and you can get to William S. Burroughs' grave, which would have made him very happy. He took yeah, me to Burroughs' grave actually. Um, well, he had to so, know that. I'm sure he owned the, the grave way ahead of time. I don't know. Maybe he did, but it's yeah, you couldn't you get one near it. because there's no spots left. But right, right, it was right. near enough that you can actually you if you're standing at Burrow's grave, you can actually see where Ken's grave is. You can't see it actually because it's on the ground. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it was just it was just I felt like I needed to go see go to do that just for me and for Ken and just for whatever. But yeah, he was he was a pretty close friend. Yeah. It's very sad. I had the opportunity uh, to obviously we had him on the show a couple times. Those were great conversations. He was a huge Dylan fan, so we talked a lot about Dylan. 
Yeah. Um, yeah they, they played Dylan at his funeral, of course. Oh, nice. Um, then he came down to Paramania, lost uh, New Orleans. Yep. Completely Sorry, unprompted. Just uh, to go on an adventure. Um, it was really... It was really cool. It was uh, unexpected. It was like he just flew down, hung out for like a day or two, and flew back. It was like, holy shit. Yeah. And, uh, and he, you couldn't have had a better person there to talk to you about Jim Garrison and the Kennedy assassination and all that. That was like the basis of like all of his his uh, work in, in, in the conspiracy world was, was that. So we had him actually stand there at Jim Garrison's grave and give us a little lecture. Yeah, he gave us like an impromptu lecture at the uh, – Grave of Jim Garrison, and it was, you know, a once in a lifetime experience. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Um, yeah. So I was really I bummed out. I was bummed when he, yeah. when he died. I realized I talked more about myself than Ken, and I apologize, but Ken was like, for many people, he was the first exposure they'd had to this kind of stuff. And he was actually horrified by all the, how the conspiracy culture had become basically mainstreamed yeah, in a way he, that he, he was, he would never have expected. And the, it, it terrified him. We talked about it. Yeah, he was like the godfather of conspiracy theory uh, through the eighties and nineties, and um, you know, he was he was the main dude, one of the main dudes. I think he was really popular because he had a sense of humor about this shit. Um, oh yeah, he, you know, he took it very reminded me a lot of Go Rightly in a lot of ways. Yeah, kind of kindred. He took spirit. it seriously, but not so seriously that he would he would get upset or whatever. I mean, I would tell him things. I, I would disagree with him, and he'd, he'd like look at me and kind of laugh. And he said, "Greg, you read too much of that skeptical literature." Then we'd both crack up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, I think I remember. He really was disappointed by the way things went. There's an article in the New York Times, like a few you were quoted in it, and uh, was primarily about Smiles Lewis. So I think we a lot mentioned Ken, and just sort yeah, of how the general conspiracy culture is. Really, the old-time conspiracy crew, if you will, um, the community, has become really – they're just – either they're passing away or they're just stepping out of this, like, you know, this isn't what we're all about anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's – This this was all about pointing pointing fingers at powerful figures and showing how that they were – how they were doing things, and now it's the powerful figures controlling what people think about their – ideas about yeah, what powerful yeah. figures are doing. It's like, okay, well, we're going to take over this narrative. You just use people's emotion and mistrust of power. You can, you can manipulate them. That's, yeah. It's been know, weaponized. If any, if, yeah. If anybody can tell, if anybody tells you something that immediately gets you upset or excited or, or something, then you should be really careful about what they're telling you. Exactly. So, yeah, that was Ken Thomas. Um, you know, I always wish I'd got him back on the show more often, um, but, you know. That's, that's true, actually something I learned from Ken, the last thing I said. What's that? About oh, the, don't trust people that are going to hook your emotions into something because they're they're working on a level other than than using facts. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, selectively. Next up is Carol Rainey. Uh, we kind of eulogized her on the Christmas special last uh, couple weeks ago. Um, I had limited interaction with Carol. I don't know if you had any. Never met her. 
All right. I just wanted to mention her and for, you know, we, we, we did a long eulogy for her on, on the Christmas special with uh, Tyler Coach on Jeremy Bainey. So check that oh, out. Oh, good. Then, then uh, the last name on the list is Ian Punnett, uh, Coast to Coast uh, host. And he just like passed away last Four days week. ago. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm still kind of shook about it, to be quite honest. I've known Ian for and worked with Ian for like. I want to say 16 years, which is crazy uh, to think about. Uh, I work with him in a whole bunch of different capacities as the web guy doing the show, working during the show uh, as Ian was hosting. Um, then later as the news guy, when I was doing the appearances on the show on Friday nights, when Ian was hosting those Friday nights, um, just a really good guy. Uh, just, just funny dude, sweet guy. Uh, a couple of stories that I can share that I want to mention. Um, that's back before I even worked for Coast to Coast. I was kind of like this little pain in the ass vlogger who wrote about Coast to Coast. And uh, my dad died, and Ian, who was a pastor, uh, had heard and actually like reached out, you know, said, sent me your number, called me, and kind of counseled me through uh, through the death of my father, like shortly after oh, it happened. So I didn't know that. Yeah, completely unprompted, just reached out, um, you know, out of love. And so I never, I never forgot that and always appreciated it. And, uh, you know, uh, just a, I cannot, you know, it's just looking back on it. I'm still kind of astounded that it happened. Just what a gracious and wonderful person he was to do that. And then later when I was doing the appearances on coast to coast, before the first time we did it, um, you know, he called me. Again, this time we kind of, and he, I don't even think he even remembered what, what went down with, uh, after my father passed, because that was like 15 years ago. We're 16 yeah. before I worked for Coast to Coast. Um, but he just kind of like worked through, I was really nervous. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm terrified. And Ian was kind of, uh, helped me out and walked me, you know, kind of walked me through it and kind of we wore games, the segment and stuff. And it was a real, just that, just that like 15 minute, conversation i and i've been podcasting for years folks like 18 years just in that little conversation i learned like two or three little things two or three little tricks that i never had picked up uh in all my years of doing this i mean that's how sharp he was how really skilled he was at the game um and and uh you know the folks the kids who had him as a teacher at kansas state they really lucked out because I wish I could have had more time to talk to him just about the art of, of the interview and the art of the hosting. And, and, but he really, he taught me just a lot in, in just a, a brief phone conversation. And over the years, as we did the segments, he would, I would send him the list and he'd be like, okay, let's move this one here and move that one there. And then we're going to start with this one. And it was like, he had a, he had a vision of how to do things. And I really learned a lot just from uh, doing those segments with him. So, um, and everybody who interacted with him talked about just what a wonderful guy he was. I imagine if what he did for me when my dad passed away, I imagine he probably did that countless times for so many other people. That's the kind of uh, gracious and generous person he was. So, um, you know, I really, I look back with fond uh, appreciation for all the time that I had uh, working with him. It was really, uh, it was great. It was really a wonderful experience and, and my heart goes out to his family and, and all of his other friends and, and all of the colleagues. Um, Cause you know, we were all really surprised uh, that he passed away last week. Yeah. 
I worked with him for five years, not nearly as long, uh, doing the same things, basically setting things up for the shows and working with him on the shows and going back and forth with him before the shows about what he wanted, you know, sometimes what he wanted in the news or whatever. Um, the one thing I really remember is um, two things. One is uh, we were talking before the show once or during the show. I, we were texting back and forth. Yeah. And he mentioned something about some weird, you know, one hit wonder or something. And I said, oh, well, they also did this. Did you know that? And he said, no. I said, oh, well, he said, how did you know that? And I said, I have a show where I play weird music. He goes, what, really? I said, yeah. And I told him the name of the show. And when it was on, he said, do you want to come on the show tonight for 10, 10 or 15 minutes and just talk about weird music? And I said, yeah. So I, I was his guest one of the nights I was working with him for the first 10 or 15 minutes, just talking about weird music. Um, the other thing I remember about him, which was great, if if a caller called in and he detected BS, he yeah. would call him on it. Oh, yeah, or yeah. Or if he yeah, detected, no, like, yeah, a yeah. hate speech thing, he would immediately jump on them. It's like, I know exactly what you're saying, and I know exactly what you mean. So don't run around, don't beat around the bush, and you're off the show right now. And then he'd, like, hang up on the person and berate them for the next couple of minutes. Yeah, And I he thought was that good. was great because, yeah, because – the other hosts wouldn't do that. They'd kind of like, okay, yeah, you're full of crap. Okay, nice guy. No, he'd attack, which I thought yeah. was wonderful. I mean, I, I, was, I would listen to him and just cheer while I was sitting there with my headphones on trying to type what was going on on the show, you know? Yeah. Which you uh, had to do when you're, when you're you know, running the web, doing the webmaster stuff. So. Yeah. So, uh, great guy, and he's going to be really missed, and uh... – Part of the fabric of, of, of Coast to Coast. And yeah. Yeah. So. And that's really, that's kind of the year in review. That's the wrap up, but we got to look ahead to 2024. So we got about 15, 20 minutes here to talk about that. And anything else that might have come up? Is there anything I might have missed in 2023 that bears mentioning? I mean, we avoided all pop culture shit and Barbie and, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Charles I don't know. Why would we? Football. I know. It's nothing really. I- uh, Although Taylor I did Swift. really like the Godzilla movie, that 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 was that kicked ass. That was really good. The Godzilla movie. All right. Yeah, I tried I to watch. Didn't expect to see a good Godzilla movie. Go ahead. No, no, it's all right. I tried to watch the Barbie movie the other night, and I just I don't like musicals. I actually liked the idea of the movie. I like sort of where it was going, but it was just like after like the third musical number, I'm just like, all right, I kind of. I'm kind of tapped out on this. I generally so. don't like musicals either. You know what? The, the only musical I ever liked was Guys and Dolls, which was like from the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the Godzilla movie kicked ass. It was just, I did not expect it to be that good. Yeah. And the weird, the, and it's because I have personal like knowledge of some of the stuff they talked about in the movie. Like, what was Japan like after World War II? What did people have to do? What, you know, food shortages, everything was in chaos. And I mean, that's where the movie takes place. And, right, right. And there was a really good story with it, a very you know, nice human side story with it that wasn't just like monsters stomping around, although there was plenty of monsters stomping around. It was great. <laughs> the other thing that totally blew me away is they, they used 
they used the music from the first couple of Godzilla movies. The same, oh, cool. like, the same, like that, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when the, when the tanks are pulling up to shoot the Godzilla, they used that music. I felt like I was ten years old again watching a Godzilla movie. So, it, it, yeah, if, if you, everybody I've known that's seen it has loved it. So right. I'm glad it's doing well because it's a nice like reboot. You know, it really is. Yeah. Reboots usually suck. This one was really good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, the ghost thing, the ghost world, the ghost world just kept going ghostly. It's nothing really, I mean, it is what it is. And even besides the Bigfoot thing, all these other kind of feels, they're all kind of still, nothing's really changed. There wasn't any um, big breakthroughs that I can think of. Yeah, no Um, congressional hearings about Bigfoot and, and ghosts. Right, exactly. I think the other thing that I was going to mention, I was like, uh, well, we already got enough shit, but we... Not to put them down. No, no, no. It's no... No, it's just... The ghost thing, I think you can only take it so far. It's like at some point, it's... I don't know. No one's looking for, like, the smoking gun of ghosts, so... um, Yeah, well, there's plenty of them, but they just don't appear in ways that... uh, Right. You know, they're... Ghosts are anecdotal. I mean, fantastic ghost photos and shit, but it's like yeah. they don't. Nothing has. There's no Patterson Gimlin of ghosts. Maybe there is, but it's like no one's. No one's coming through with like the best. So people yeah. could see a fucking super clear picture of a ghost. People just go, "Oh, it's a ghost." Like you either believe in ghosts or you don't. Like you're not. No, yeah. Convince like everybody of ghosts for some reason. Um, yeah. Uh, the other thing worth mentioning, I guess. Um, I guess a good segue to 2024 is sense was uh, the, and I think a lot of this happened actually at the end of 2022, but it's percolating. So it's worth keeping an eye on is the, the people who want to re revive the woolly mammoth. They're teaming up now with the people that want to revive the thylacine. And now they're also working with the, the Dodo people. So it's actually, they're like collecting all the, uh, the Dodo people. Yeah. yeah. All the fucking extinct animals and there's there work there's actual money and scientific work being done towards this but as i complained about on the christmas show i know science goes slow but we've been hearing these stories like forever and it's and it's like when you know they're gonna grow you a new kidney or whatever they can grow an ear on the side of a mouse it's like they've been doing this shit for years <laughs> when am i I ain't getting any younger here, dude. I'm going to need that new kidney or a new liver <laughs> sooner than yeah. you think. So how much longer is it going to take for you guys to start growing these things in a factory like you've been telling me you could do for like 10 years? So I'm not holding They already on. do, man, and the Illuminati takes them yeah. all, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not holding out hope that I'm going to see a thylacine or a woolly mammoth or a dodo bird in my lifetime, but – or a dinosaur, for that matter, because I get, think like they found dinosaur blood in something, but I don't know if the oh, DNA sure. is viable. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that one. I'm sure that once they do the dodo, once they do the fucking thylacine, and then once they do the woolly mammoth, they're so even before once they do one of them, maybe even someone's gonna be like, "Fuck it, let's do the dinosaurs." You know, fuck the thylacine, we'll do that one later. Let's re- re- resurrect Tyrannosaurus Rex. Now we know how to do it. It's like, dude. Stop. I think it's some uh, boring, like, uh, uh, meat, uh, vegetable eating, vegetation eating dinosaur that they got the viable, the blood right. and the non fossilized uh, parts of it. I don't know if the the DNA is viable, though, but I don't know. People are like, oh, you shouldn't do that. It's like, 
they're going to make one of them or two of them or whatever. They're not going to take over the world. Right. At least not while we're alive. A little tiny dinosaur, sure. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, have that dinosaur. running around. Jurassic yeah. Park. The, 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 um, the thing I'm waiting for is a laboratory-grown meat. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, I don't want to eat that. It's like, but it's meat. It's no different than actually having a steak and nothing had to die and nothing had to serve, had to suffer and nothing had to take up a whole bunch of water and and land right, right. And, yeah, yeah. And, and and agriculture to feed it. I think it'll be wonderful. Well, that's like AI. Once they they'll start seeding it into the into the pop, you know, into the zeitgeist, and eventually people will be like, oh, it's it's half real and half factory grown, and then eventually it'll just be like, oh, it's factory. Um, but who knows? That's the, that's the future. Someday people will look back on our 2023 episode, like I said, and they'll be like, oh, it's so quaint how they were talking about AI and factory grown meat. Now that these are everyday yeah. part of our lives. Or um, self-driving cars. If the AI really wants to kill us, I guess it could just start crashing cars into each other. But that'd exactly. be stupid because then nobody would go in cars anymore. I can't wait yeah. for self-driving cars. I think it'll be wonderful. People are like, oh, no, there's going to be accidents. You know how many less accidents are going to be when it's just run automatically? And how much faster you'll get places without idiots stopping to figure out where they want to go? Just yeah. Stuff like, I almost got in an accident a day. A guy's like, a guy, a guy spun out in front of me. Jesus. Yeah, I'm just driving. And suddenly I see this car going sideways and smoke coming off the tires. And I'm, I'm like 50 feet away from it. I'm like, ah! Oh, damn. And I kind of like slowed down just enough to stay away from him as he spun out and ended up halfway into the oncoming tra- lane of traffic. I was thinking Damn. somebody would hit him and they'd come back and hit me. Then I'm looking in my rear view mirror because the person behind me is going to rear end me if I slam on the brakes too hard. So there's all this. Jesus. I, want, I want driverless cars. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. We got to split the difference and just take Uber, I guess. Right. That's... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so 2024, do you, what do you, do you have any vision? I mean, I think that we, again, I hate to keep going. We talked a little bit about this on the Christmas special in a sense where it's like, I'm, I don't know if it'll be next year, but I feel like I, I, I feel like maybe we'll get a Grush sequel somewhere. I keep calling him Grush, but I think it's Grush, but a Grush, maybe another one. Like they tried, they got what they wanted out of this one, but it's like, you got to push it further now. You gotta take it further. You're gonna need someone, you know, or they, just, or maybe they'll just keep milking his. He'll, he'll just keep kind of riding his own wave. But that, that's the only sort of quasi prediction. We're gonna see the same shit. Um, I think. Uh, I don't suspect that we'll have UFO disclosure. I think that. Uh, um, you know, I think we'll see a lot of the same wheel spinning. But uh, I, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I'm cynical about it, so. I think people will still be doing it, just asking interesting questions about the phenomenon. Uh, people holding out for aliens, though, might want to, you know, tap on the brakes. I also think, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. It's an interesting time. I think people need to also, uh, not people, I suppose, UFO enthusiasts who are, like, on the edge of their seats here need to, like, remember – all this feels also like a really great distraction because the world's fucking in complete chaos. There's two major wars, at least, going on. Um, we're all, it feels like we're on the cusp of World War Three. 
And there's a fucking election coming up now, too. So uh, very not like a boring ass fucking 1996 election either. Like a, <laughs> like like the the election to end all fucking elections essentially is coming up in November. So I can't I, wait to be bored again. I don't know if that's going to happen. I know. So I think people need to uh, I think the UFO thing might end up taking a backseat as the year goes on. It'll still pop up in the news. Things will happen, but as a going concern for people who are on the edge of the bubble, who have taken kind of, an, I could see them kind of drifting off as less, we don't get as, you know, less developments happen, or it seems like less developments happen, and the world gets way more fucking serious. I could see people being like, look, I don't have time for this UFO shit. World War Three just broke out. So I, I, that's part of me. I think, yeah, yeah. I think that the 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 thing with the UFOs and having the government do that, I think they're trying to prevent World War Three, using the UFO thing as a as a fulcrum as a tool. I I I, I just so? think it, like I, we're all in this together as Earthlings. No, so let's... no, no, no. But it, it, it just as an intelligence tool. What are yeah. people doing? What are people thinking? What are you know? What 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 are our enemies? What are their capabilities? What do they think our capabilities are? Right. Um. I'll. Uh, uh, here's a good way to come in at the end of the show. I have a friend that's a um, minister in Los Alamos in New Mexico. Yeah. About a year ago, she said, "Do you want a job?" I said, "What?" She said, "You want to live in New Mexico?" I said, "Yeah, I think eventually." She said, "Los Alamos is hiring like a mad." I said, I don't have any skills. And she said, you can write English competently. You're in video and audio production and post-production. And, you know, um, like I said, you have wow. command of the English language. They need those people. I said, why? She said, there's an atomic race on and they're building bombs like nobody's business. Oh, Jesus That's Christ. That's scary. Yeah, people yeah. don't know that generally. There's yeah. a huge nuclear arms race on right now, or at least part of one or somewhat of one, like there hasn't been in the past. I don't oh, wow. know why, but it's frightening as hell. So, I mean, so people will know. She said, do you want a job? And I said, I do not want a job supporting people making nuclear weapons. Yeah, <laughs> I that's can't. wild. I won't do it. Jesus um, Christ, that's terrifying. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, uh, well, that might be in that. I mentioned the UFO what, connection. Yeah, it could be something also, yeah, in a sense where it's like a new form of like mutually assured destruction where it's like, we know you have these things, we have these things too. So if you're thinking about bringing a bomb over and blowing us up, like we could also do it with our UFOs. Or at so, least, yeah, something put the question in somebody's mind, who knows? But it's not to, it's not to disclose UFO information. It's to um, increase intelligence and, you know, keep secrets and and direct yeah. people's attention. And that's just the way I see things. And this, the whole thing that's been happening from 2017 ticks all those boxes for me. I can't see it any other way. doesn't mean yeah. there's no UFOs. doesn't mean the government knows, doesn't know something about it. doesn't mean they might actually have pieces of them. I don't know. But that's not why this is up right now. Yeah, yeah. A the lot to do with the, with the world situation at this time. The idea that this there was like this spontaneous, like, I don't know, spontaneous renewed interest in UFOs for some fucking unknown, just because the New York Times wrote an article. I, it's very, 
hard to believe. It's like there's far more at work than just, oh, all of a yeah. sudden there was an article about, <laughs> you know. You know, here's another thing Bill Moore told me this years ago. Every time the government says something about UFOs, UFO researchers think it's about them. And it's right. never about them. It has something to do with nothing to do with what your interest in UFOs is, not in the least. It has to do with defense and intelligence and 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 uh, uh, defense uh, uh, tech and all kinds of things like that. Yeah. That's what it's for. It has nothing to do with like, oh, UFOs are going to be they're going to admit that they know what they, that they're here. It's like, no, they're not. They're just going to use yours and other people's interests to to do whatever they need to do. It's a tool. It's a it's. You know what UFOs are for the for a lot of intelligence people? It's the best Swiss Army knife they've got, or one of the best ones. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> so it's hard to predict, you know, 2024. The AI thing will still be talked about. Um, uh, you know, who the fuck could have predicted that they would go down to the Titanic in a little tube that would blow up? Like, like the people in the in the submersible community, like, <laughs> like 35 I people guess. in that world. So All right now there's people, community, yeah. I mean, look. I, I don't want to be macabre or whatever, but uh, and maybe it's not this year, but the submersible thing, that is a preview, folks, for fucking someone dying on, in one of these rocket launches. It's going I'll to go happen. On a, yeah, they will. I'll go on a it, rocket launch anytime I get invited to. I would be the first in line. Absolutely. I'd probably do it, but I'm not uh, – but uh, you don't get what I'm saying. It's inevitable. I mean – I know. It is inevitable. Of course it is. And it will slow everything happen. down for a while, and people will get scared, and then they'll say, okay, we fixed that problem, and they'll – you know, the president of the company will go up a couple times, and they'll go, okay. Just like Boeing trying to cover up that stupid 737 problem with the with – the, that caused those two accidents. They just kept trying yeah. to cover it up. And finally, they're like, okay, we made a mistake. And they had and, the yeah, the yeah. guys that like the CEO had to ride on the plane a few times. Everybody's like, it's safe now. Don't worry about it. And it's fine. There hasn't been an accident since then. But yeah, it will happen. There's no way it won't. Yeah. I mean, more often than not, they're not even sending people up yet. But it's like once more people get sent, then something bad will happen. Someone, I mean, yeah, they just somebody, by a law of averages. Yeah. They not even blow up. Somebody might have a fucking heart attack on there. And it'll be like, is it safe to do? Maybe you, you know, who yeah. knows? But yeah. it's inevitable. There's more people yeah. do it and more get sent up. And look, I'd probably do it. I don't see why it's super expensive. So if I got the opportunity, I would definitely do it. I'm skeptical that I'll ever live long enough. Yeah, um, me too. Get to, to have the, the kind of disposable income. Yeah, with it. yeah. As I get older and the price goes down, I don't know if it'll ever. I'll ever yeah. meet that. Get that to that meeting point where it's like, okay, I can drop a thousand bucks on it. Yeah. But it's like, if I got a million know. dollars left in my life and I'm 85 and it's going to cost me 10 grand or 20 or whatever. Oh hell yeah, I'd do it. Oh sure, yeah, but yeah. Right People now, like, what if you like, what if you die? It's like, what if I die in a bed, like you know, with tubes attached to me? I'd rather die burning up in the atmosphere or something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there'll be more space launches. I think NASA is going to launch phase two of the moon mission. That's I'm kind of looking forward to that. Artemis, I think that's yeah, going to be yeah. in November. And that's going to be with people, and they're going to go around the moon and come back. So that's stage two. Yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it's 2024. We'll still be doing this, God willing, knock on wood. And it's like we may we may be covering a moon landing in a few years. So, I mean, I never thought I'd see it because I never lived I – was, I was didn't live when it happened. I was born after all the moon stuff happened. So it's like, okay, well, there's something cool to say. I remember seeing it when I was a little boy. 
I mean, there I was you so young, I don't know if I actually remember when it happened or the three zillion times it's been shown. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, yeah, but I remember really, my dad yeah. saying, get in here, they're about to land on the moon, and I came running in. Yeah. And my, my dad helped develop rocket fuel, so he was always watching these launches, so I got to watch all of them. So that's that's going on in 2024, but there's really nothing, you know, on the horizon. The election, the Olympics, and the wars. That's about all that. Yeah, I can't I predict can anything of. in this in this field that we're talking about. I don't think it, unless there's some watershed thing that happens with ghosts or Bigfoot or uh, other or, or you know the goat people or any other cryptids. Yeah, it's always the year. Change. Yeah, somebody's going to shoot a Bigfoot or whatever. That would change. You know, that that would be. Kick off next year's year in review. Talking obviously, we got to talk about fucking the guy who shot Bigfoot. That's clearly yeah. the yeah. biggest story. So um, I don't think that's anybody's ever going to shoot Bigfoot. I don't think it's possible. I was did I tell you this? I was talking to David. Um, oh God damn it! I can't remember his name. Grush. What do you say about Bigfoot? <laughs> <laughs> I was told, what, but what, I can't verify. What 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 whether. I can't remember his name. David Weatherly. So bad. David Weatherly. That's it, Weatherly. And I was interviewing him, and I said, I said, hey, Dave, Bigfoot, paranormal or real or physical? And he said, why not both? Oh, I said, sure, okay, yeah. that's why I don't think anybody is ever going to be able to shoot a Bigfoot, because it can walk, it can disappear the way we walk through a door. I want to be over there. And suddenly they're right, not right. in our reality anymore. I mean, I think that's a, so it's, a it's a wishy-washy, like, ah, yeah. This dimension, I've yeah. been shot. So yeah, it, yeah it's a it's, wishy-washy way to talk about it because it's trying to prove something with something that hasn't been proven. But it's the only thing I can think of when you talk about something like Nessie or Bigfoot or whatever and capturing them and how it'll never happen. It never will happen. It might be able to be explained, but not captured. Yeah. So, but we always hope. We always hold out hope. You never know. That's yep. about all you can do. But, yeah, we'll see. 2024. I mean, every year I end the year looking at these crazy stories at Coast to Coast that I wrote. And it's like I, I could never have predicted shit that happened. People. <laughs> I find that people are – the. I was thinking about this the other night, actually. The phenomenon stays the same. It's the people that fucking change and get stranger yeah. or weirder or more or, or yeah, involved it changes in this the way, or influenced yeah. by the subject. That's just people looking at the subject. But it's like the craziness of people – it's like Bigfoot and ghosts are kind of fucking boring when you look at the shit people do. Like, <laughs> pe- people do the craziest shit imaginable. Like, if you just look at, like, crimes that happen in the year or, like, a weird just capers or shit like that, you know? It's like people just do weird, crazy shit, oftentimes more insane than uh, an undiscovered bipedal hairy primate walking through the woods. It's like I've adapted to that. But that's that's almost normal in our world. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Like, a, like a guy in China fighting with his neighbor who's a duck farmer, a chicken farmer. So he goes on to his thing in the middle of the night and fucking scares a thousand chickens to death. That actually happened in 2023 by chasing them into the corner and they stampeded and died. And then he got arrested for it. Then he, they're like, all right, don't do that again. Then like the fucking next night he did it again and killed like another thousand more. So it's like. <laughs> The things people do, man, I find I find it sometimes more captivating than the paranormal, which has almost become normal these days. But yeah. it's, um, you know, we'll see conspiracy culture further uh, sullied and uh, 
you know, it's, I think that just all the various cycles are going to keep going. So yeah, we'll, we'll see if there's any profound change. But, yeah, I think that's it. How about for you? Huh? What's, what's that? What about UFOs? For the UFOs, I think my prediction is either, one, it will be reinvigorated somehow, but not very much, or, two, the more likely thing, it'll be on the decline, the government UFO thing. By the end of this of 2024, I think the decline in the government thing will be will, will be underway, where they won't be saying as much anymore. I'll I think it's already out. like that. I'll throw this out as a wild card possibility because I didn't necessarily think that a, a Grush character would emerge. Maybe a mass sighting, maybe like an undisputable kind of thing. But yeah. even that is. You know, an, an iconic. That's thing. happened. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, one that happened has. Happened seen it. No, no, I know. I mean, like a like a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah, a new a new Phoenix Lights. Yeah, where like several more, people with see a lot it. More video with higher quality and all that. Yeah, and it can't quite be explained, and uh, yep. you know, and it'll maybe be explained maybe by skeptics and unexplained right. by UFO people. That's just how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So maybe and they'll both be right. That's kind of what this whole fucking thing is missing in a way. Um, almost in a sense, like the interjection by the phenomenon to fuck around. <laughs> to be like, oh, I see what you're all doing, so I'm going to just come in and appear and fuck with all your shit. So, you know, that would be awesome. I'd love that. But Yeah, uh, me knows? too. Because there aren't really some, some novelty. Yeah. No, there aren't. And all the all the cases you hear about from the, the UAP cases from the government, they're all after the fact, radar returns, drone footage, whatever. It's like it's never, there's never a contemporaneous incident. So maybe something like that. That would be really cool. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if things are instant classics. You know, was Pascagoula an instant classic when it happened, or was it over the intervening years that it became classic? I don't know. It's hard to gauge. Stephenville is probably the closest. Like that kind of stuck as a. Yeah. Case, uh, but there, that's yeah, the last freeze or right, you know, right. Phoenix like Lights. It's like there hasn't yeah. been a real. The Chicago O'Hare one is kind of, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they make a documentary or whatever about it, then you know it's <laughs> when you make it on UFO files on the eighty-five different. Uh, then it's classic cable yeah. channels. So we talked about twenty twenty-four for the world and paranormal and all that. What about you? What do you got going on in twenty twenty-four? Uh, as we kick off the new year. Continuing to write. I've got people lined up to do the show, so I will do occasional shows. Yeah, you're going to come back? I, yeah, I am. I, people I find interesting, I'll, I'll put on the show. Um, I I think I've got one of the Navy Flyers lined up to come on my show. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of shows that are still taped, right? You haven't put out? I've got like four or five. Yeah. Um, and I will release those. I keep saying I'll release those over that. One of them I actually was editing. When I went to New York, that a lot of my show editing, when I do a, a really a huge amount of editing, is when I'm stuck on planes. Yeah. So I just oh, sit cool. there and, you know, do my audio editing while I'm flying because I have nothing to do for three, four, five, or six hours. Yeah. You know, and it, it, I get a lot done, then suddenly we're landing. So it, it works. It works really well. Cause I, what else are you going to do? Watch shitty TV? Right. Well, that's what I do, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. read or whatever. Well, I can just speak no. from experience. It's gratifying to come back. I think people would love to see you come back uh, 
on a regular basis. Maybe you don't want to do the weekly format. Believe me, we talked about this over the years. It's like, uh, and I said this to you the other night, it's like I liken this to being a long-distance runner. I couldn't understand how yeah. people could do this weekly shit. But once you get going and once you start working, working yeah, out, you, you get every momentum. Day, you, yeah, you, you, all of a sudden now, I think this will be like the 12th week in a row. I don't, I don't see any end in sight right now. Um, right. You know, we, we got all of January all booked up and shit. So it's like, but people would love to see it come back, I'm sure. So you should definitely consider it. Even if it was like, I'm going to do a show every two weeks or whatever. I'm sure no one's going to fucking, well, they will complain. There'll be people that complain. There'll be people complaining that you, if you came back five nights a week. That's too much. It's too much now, Greg. Come on. Really? The only time I would do that much, <laughs> or you would probably, is if we were getting paid a living wage. Then I'd exactly. happily do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But we're not, so it's uh, well for yeah. this. And so, and so yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, you should consider it. People would be thrilled. Um, you know. We'll, okay, cool. We'll Thank start you. a new. We'll, we'll we'll it'll be part of an overarching thing. We like all. It's a the renaissance of. Uh, <laughs> So we'll see. But anyway, you should All definitely right. consider cool. it. And you're working on something, but you probably – I don't – I would advise don't talk about it. That's – I don't know if it was no, you I or won't. rightly or both, but yeah. No, it's I think I said that a while ago. The more you talk about projects, something, the yeah. less you're likely to do it because it comes out your mouth. And your ego thinks, oh, that's done because everybody knows about it now. And you don't have the energy inside you to do the – oh, I don't have it in here. The, uh, the energy inside you to do to do the thing as much. The other day I was out, um, I was at this place that was called the Quiet Store or something like that. Oh, interesting. And they had baseball caps with a pair of lips with a, with a finger up to it, like, shh. And I bought oh, I like one that. of those because I have to keep remembering not to talk so much about things. There you go. Well, yeah. So, no, for sure. I totally agree with that. As my, as my uh, unwitting mentor, Steve Harvey, likes to say, if you ever want to kill a big dream, tell it to a small-minded person. That's tends to uh, <laughs> find that often happens. You tell somebody a oh, great God, idea you have, like, oh, yeah, that's, like, no, that'll never work. It's like, fuck. Sucking all, right. all the energy out of it, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I want to thank you, for obviously, for uh, coming back on the show here for the 17th year in review. I, I it, You God. know, it sounds silly. Uh, oh, I want to mention, where's this fucking guy? I sent you the thing. This guy, you got to give him credit, oh. Stuart Lloyd on Twitter sent me this crazy thing and I sent it to Greg and it's like he did a chart of of, of positive the positive vibes surrounding UFOs over the last 17 16 years up until last year so I don't know if I can figure out a way to like retweet that or something but I appreciate Stuart Lloyd uh doing that he listened to all the year review shows it's hard to glean anything out of it I feel like not with all due respect to Stuart as I was joking with Greg it's like we have lives. Like if we were, if we were, if we sounded negative about UFOs that night, it might be because, my, you know, the the fucking pizza place fucked up my order that night, or or we're going yeah. through a difficult time in our lives or something. <laughs> we're, we're not we're not robots yet. Um, yeah. But I, I appreciate 2011 that you bitch fest 2014. Why bother? Greg was very cynical this year. <laughs> 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 I hope we weren't as cynical this time. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, it's a whole new fucking era. I'm trying era. to be happier and happier as things go on because things are getting worse and worse, and the only way to fight it is to be more positive. 
You know, I can't be around people like, oh, God, this again. Oh, God, of course, this is going to happen. It's like, geez, things are bad enough. Why do you have to, like, you know, why right. do you have to be a Debbie Downer about it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know they suck. But if you act mm-hmm. like they suck, it makes it worse. That's for sure. Um, Your hope no, I mean, disappears. Look, anytime we have shit to talk about, that's exciting to me. It's it's like yeah, I said, it's exactly. a whole new era of, of shit. And, uh, you know, we're going to see where it goes as the time goes by. And as silly as it sounds, like Stuart checked out those episodes, someday when all the shit's all in kind of more contained area on the YouTube, people will be able to go back and listen to this 17-year time capsule of each year yeah. and get a look at what uh, the world was like, the world of the paranormal and a little bit of what the real world was like. and. Jim Vujovic asked me to say, I guess apparently I said this on one of the other episodes, it's sort of like the the podcast of record for the year. Now at least, uh, after all these years, I don't know too many other, I don't know any other shows that can boast like a 17-year history of, of yeah. reviewing the time. So um, it's become kind of an institution, and it's thanks to you, um, you know, agreeing to take part in it and joining in with me every year. And, and uh, I, I don't want, I'm not going to pat myself on the back. It's like a collaborative effort here over the years that we've I'll pat you on the this, back. It's amazing. Created this uh, this ongoing time capsule. So, you know, 50, 20, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, people will re- listen to these shows and go, all right, oh, that was what it was like back then. So it's pretty cool if you think it's about crazy it. i really appreciate being able to do these things do, do these end of the years with you. i never really think about them until like about a two or three weeks before it's like we're gonna do the end of the year show it's like oh yeah, yeah no, i don't right. really yeah i try not to <laughs> to like a week before and then review, i start yeah like oh what the fuck are we gonna talk about but we always oh, have oh, something oh. to talk about so yeah this all year, right man. i think more than, okay. than in the past so thank you yeah well this year was great we had a lot to talk about interesting colorful events which is nice yeah. Anyway, all right, brother. Thank you very much, and uh, have a fantastic 2024. Now that the show is rolling along, we're gonna get you back to do just fucking real UFO talk or whatever. I always said to you, I, I, I think like 18 fucking years ago, we did the Project Beta show, and that was when I read the book, and I have to read the fucking book again, and we'll do like Project Beta revisited and really kind of talk okay. about shit that I noticed in the book that. I have. You You're know, one of the few people I'd actually enjoy later. doing that with. <laughs> oh, I, I, we would have a blast, I'm sure. We would have an absolute blast. So um, I'm right. going to put that sort of in the mental uh, calendar here for Banal of America in 2024 at some point uh, as the revival continues. But I want to thank you, obviously, for all, all all the years of friendship and all that good stuff. I love you, man, and have an awesome 2024. I think it's going to be a great year, I hope. <laughs> Me too. Same back at you.